Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. From the WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM, and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Big game coverage on WEEI is presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit. Solostove.com. The cash spending is a big fixation of mine. 31st last year, 27th three years prior. Have you been given assurances by Robert or others that you guys will have the freedom to spend this offseason to bring in talent and free agency? We're bringing in talent 1,000%. So have a lot of cap space Love it. and cash. Yeah. Ready to burn some cash. That one's going to haunt them. I have a feeling that's going to haunt them. Mego said this in real time. Like the second it happened, Mego's like, this has the potential to be their full throttle. I, I'm starting to think you had that nailed, Mego. This comment's going to haunt them. It depends about who you think is making that decision. Who's making the decision if they're going to spend or not? If they're going to burn some cash? Well, Who do you think it has been? Uh, it's a good jump off for where we're going to start here today. Uh, especially investigating their spending over the last decade. Ooh, an investigation. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, we spent some time on this yesterday, and I think we were ahead of it because Robert Kraft, if you missed it, met with the quote-unquote media last night. What is that? Hand-picked media. Quote-unquote media. He didn't face the full media. The he so-called media. He hand-picked media. What do you mean, what do I mean? He, it was an invitation-only event. NBC Sports Boston, which was Curran and Perry. The Globe. Who was there from The Globe? I would guess Nicole Yang. And The Athletic. The lamestream media. No, but I'm just saying it's hand-picked media off the record, mostly off the record. And so what? Can I ask something? What? what why are you irritated? Because uh, you'll see why we're irritated. Okay. Because uh, I, thought, I thought he was supposed to be a fully transparent guy with the media. Well, he met with the Boston media who were there. There was no other media outlets there? Just those three? I'm pretty sure, like, locally. Didn't he do this at the owners' meetings the other day? Uh, so the other you year? Want him, you wanted him to invite TV? Yeah. Is TV there? Sure. I would like him to invite TV. Uh, NBC Sports Boston has tons yeah. of cameras there. I'd there, like, there's I'd like, a TV there. I'd like sound of it. I'd like television. Oh, so you wanted it to be like a broadcast event. Yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. I thought we were supposed to be... I thought we wanted our owners transparent. I thought this is something we established yesterday. But okay, let's get into Robert Kraft and his comments, who, again, this was to a few select media outlets... NBC Sports Boston, The Athletic, The Boston Globe. And it was, for all intents and purposes, mostly off the record. There was a little bit allowed at the end where he took a Q&A. But largely it was off the record on background, which Robert Kraft has been doing over the last year or so, which I find odd. That's odd, right, Mego? 
to be on the background and then go on the record? I'm going to sit. No, no, no. Just to do these on background things where he just sits well, there for an hour. Well, some of it is on record. That's why we get to read it. The tail end of it. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, but again, last year, I feel like he did one of these at the owners meetings where none of it was officially on the record. He's trying to garner favor. Yeah. Well, that's weird. Why is that? He he wants to be written about kindly. No, I so know. he's going to people and he's trying to give them background stuff so he can provide his own slant to yeah, it. Yeah, right. And so it's subversive. And so That's not so uncommon. I'm not saying it's uncommon. I'm saying I, I don't like it. And so here's what he said last night. When he met with reporters at the Win Las Vegas to push back on the critiques about spending, indicating that he won't get in the way of the team shelling out money and that it needs to spend to get back into contention. Quote, I know there's a perception that we've held back on spending. Let me just say this for our fans. That's not true. Hmm, this, this sounds awfully familiar. Look, we were blessed to have a coach in our system who has a great coach and also understood value, and he ran a tight ship. Uh, Phil Perry then goes on to note in a column up now at NBC Sports Boston, one of the media outlets that was allowed in there, uh, that the Patriots ranked dead last in cash spending over the last decade, according to ESPN. Quote, they say... We've been low spenders in the last 10 years, and that might be true. Oh, good. I'm happy you acknowledged that. Acknowledging reality. But we had a pretty good record, and we won three Super Bowls. But, but our coaches have always had the ability to spend at whatever level they wanted. I think Bill was always thinking about the future and really understood value, but we never held back with any of the coaches we've had over the last 30 years. He said they've been able to get whatever they want. If cash spending became an issue for our family and we couldn't do it, then I would sell the team. Dang. Winning football games after my family is the most important thing in my life, and whatever we can do to help make that happen, we're going to do. I'll add dot, 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 besides keeping the greatest player of all time. But, man, that's stopping just short of calling people liars. It's a misconception. There's a perception out there. It's not true. That's stopping just short of calling people liars. It sounds familiar. And we'll ask you our big question of the day up now, at Jones and Mego. Who do you blame for the lack of spending over the last 10 years? Robert blames Bill. That's clear. Who do you blame? 617-779-7937. Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick. Who are we blaming, Mego? Okay. I'm, I'm going to... This is It's really difficult because I want to blame both. But if I have to choose one... Yes. I have to choose one. I have Take to go guess. with what I know has been on the record, which is players dealing personally with their contracts with Bill Belichick. And all the different accounts that we have of Bill sees this guy as a $12 million guy. He doesn't see him as a $15 million guy. And it's hard for me to look overall at the crafts and say they absolutely wouldn't spend anything and they are content to be the lowest cash spenders when one part of that cash spending is because Bill Belichick structured these, especially in recent years, structured all these contracts to be so incentive heavy like to be you hit this you hit that you hit like I wrote about this last year that the Patriots do this more than any other team so if you think that Robert Kraft you think is that the was one Bill? who sits I do think that's Bill okay so yes. they, but if they keep doing it if they keep doing incentive heavy contracts we'll know that's a craft thing right and I'll also say this it wasn't always this way so over the last 10 years they are the lowest cash spenders on average I tried to go back to 10 years before that Closest you can get um, on record that I could at least get a hold of is going back to 2011. So if you look at 2011 to 2021, they're between, they average out somewhere between 17 and 18. 
So if you want to be generous, you can say you're pretty much middle of the pack in spending. Yeah, bottom maybe half of the a, a lower bottom half of the league, but you're pretty much in the middle. So it hasn't always been this way, but this is all to say that even if Bill operated this way, I look at it and I go, well, <laughs> do you think Robert had a problem with it? Do you think Robert Kraft had a problem with saving money? He's an owner. Even if he says that it, that this is more like a family and a calling and whatever, a great honor than a business, you tell me that Bill Belichick saves him a boatload of cash on this or that or this or that, and Robert Kraft is sitting there going, don't write up those incentives. Don't put that in the contracts. Other people don't do this. No. For years, it was them pointing and laughing at every other team. Look how much they spend in free agency. Ooh, they won free agency. We win Super Bowls. Like, now it's just, I don't like this look. It's a terrible look after you got your elegant solution with your press conference to then turn and say, well, <laughs> Bill ran a tight ship. Bill's the one who was who didn't want to spend. So, but at this end of the day, I do think that it was Bill who, at least over the last decade, was executing a lot of these decisions. Okay, so who are we blaming? Bill. Bill. But it's Arcan? a bad look. Arkan, who are we blaming? I want to blame Bill for this, but I do think they share the blame a little bit, but ultimately it comes down to Robert for me, and the reason why is because he's the guy at the top, and also because Bill not too long ago complained about the lack of spending. He did come back and sort of walk it back and say, oh, I meant cap spending, not cash spending, but the genie was out of the bottle at that point, and I don't think you come out and do that if year after year, and I do think there were lots of cases where Bill said, I don't want to pay for this. I don't want to reward this guy. I don't want to give a whole bunch of money to this particular player, even if he was good, even if he was popular, even if it was someone that they probably should have invested in and there's a lot of examples of that but when they win you know I think Kraft got comfortable with it he got used to it he let Bill sort of run wild with it and then he sort of at different points I think intervened and said well wait a minute what you can't win without without spending all this money now what happened to the way things used to be what happened to the you know uh, the the finance guy the guy that knows all these things about economics where's all that Bill you know like I, I was becoming accustomed to a certain way of you doing things why don't you go back to doing it like that I think that ultimately is what happened now in certain instances you can point to bill belichick and say you're responsible for this night guy not re-signing for not chasing this guy whatever there's individual cases like that but ultimately it falls on robert i think thank you so i agree with that you can vote at jones and mego mego says it's on bill i'm with arcan it's on robert Kraft. he sets the budget and so there are individual contracts we've, we've used the jacoby myers example a bazillion times he said this week it was over a million dollars so nothing Nothing. And Bill chose Juju Smith-Schuster. Bill signed plenty of bad deals. But the reason they're 32nd in spending over the last 10 years, or if you want to take it back to 2011, their bottom half of the league in spending, if we're being charitable, is because ownership wants them to spend like that. That's not Bill's call. And Arkan, you're right. We're going to play it for you coming up. But Bill, about a year ago, said we're 27th in spending. So Bill started pointing the finger at them, and now they're pointing the finger back. Which, to me, again is not a far cry from wagging your finger and calling fans liars. He stopped just short of it. Uh, here's more from Phil Perry. Up now at NBC Sports Boston because Robert didn't do this in front of cameras. Robert didn't do this in front of uh, any microphones. This was uh, in a shroud of darkness, but he did go on the record. Quote, I feel a sense of excitement and great opportunity to hopefully position the team to be special. I've said this is our team, who I'm very proud of, that they're working together in a collaborative basis. Yay! That means, uh, well, number one, drink. And number two, that means ownership wants to uh, pull the strings. A collaborative basis, working hard, and reaching out in a lot of areas. This is the first time in 31 years of our ownership. Group we're drafting, project. Group project. We're drafting at the position that we are. 
and have a chance to get some great players and also have the cap room that we've carried over. They have $66 million in cap space, according to Over the Cap. So I hope it positions us for the next few years beautifully. I've said that to the team. It's pretty exciting. And now we have to measure nine times and cut once, which is another thing he keeps regurgitating and repeating <laughs> over and over again. So who do you blame for the lack of spending over the last 32 years? Kraft blames Bill. Do you agree with Robert? Do you agree with Mego? Is it Bill's fault or is it the owner's uh, no. fault for the lack of spending? Let's get to it with all your phone calls. 617-779-7937. Don't forget to vote in our big question of the day up now. At Jones and Mego, who do you blame, Robert or Bill? We're going to talk to Sham Sharanya, some NBA talk, some Celtics talk at 3 o'clock. Get his thoughts on the trade deadline, where the Celtics fare compared to the rest of the league, how much of a gap is there between the Celtics and the rest of the league. We'll get to Joe Mazzula, Jalen Brown in the dunk contest. Shams is all over that story this week. So that's coming up at 3 o'clock. Mark it down. You can listen on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Get it on your phone. Take it with you wherever you go. You can listen live there or tell your smart speaker to play 93.7 W-E-E-I. We also have Triple Play 445. We have Meg's planning at 530 and Bet Roulette. Picks for the weekend. Picks for Super Bowl 58 at 545. Stay tuned for all of it. I do want to get into some interesting hiring practices for the Patriots and new details about their perplexing offensive coordinator search. We'll do that with all your phone calls right after trending with Arkan. Adam Jones. Ah, yeah! What if a bear did cocaine? Megan Adelini. This is some sh- Christian Arkan. Hey, Adams has a boost that I kind of like. This is Jones and Mecco with Arkan on WEEI. When you look at the National Football League and the salary cap situation, um... And it's the same for all teams. Um, What we try to do is we look at it over a time frame. Uh, So one year is a Polaroid snapshot, but actually there are multiple years involved. And at some point, the reconciliation has to come. So our spending in 2020 our spending in 2021 and our spending in 2022, the aggregate of that uh, was we were 27th in the league in cash spending. So, so a couple of years were low, one year was high, but over a three year period, um, we're one of the lowest spending teams in the league. Bill Belichick, about a year ago, last January, blaming the lack of spending on the team's struggles. And so Bill, in some ways, started this. And he walked it back a week or so later. We've heard explanations as to why Bill made that comment. Uh, we had to correct our books. Or whatever. It wasn't just a direct shot at Robert Kraft. It felt like a direct shot at the time. And what do you know? He lost his job less than a calendar year later. And now the owner is scapegoating him. In comments again last night, and it does bother me. Like, these off-the-record sit-downs bother me. Why? Because we get on John Henry for sending emails to the Globe. Like, really, how different is that? How different is that? Well, you're sitting down and having a, oh, an hour-long conversation with reporters. Yeah, That's but, pretty different than but sending But you can't print email. any of it. Okay, do you not... Do no, you they not printed get... some of it. Well, they printed <laughs> yeah, the last two did. questions. He allowed a couple of things at the end where he stopped just short of finger-wagging well, everybody Jones, and calling them liars. I don't think it was liars. like a prison interview where you're not allowed to bring a recorder and a 
pad of paper in. Like, right, but I, you they can't. Sit but you can't use have, most of it, right? I mean, unless I'm misinterpreting for a broadcast, probably not. Unless Jones, mis- the difference though is that Kraft stood up in front of everybody and answered questions at the Belichick and the Mayo stuff. No, so, no, I mean, I agree. He I get, was there and he did that. And I, John Henry didn't, so that's why people say he's different than John. Henry. I give him credit for that. Right. But like, do we like these in Shroud of Darkness off the record sit downs? They're weird. And they haven't been going on his full tenure. These are like the last couple of years where he feels like he needs to get media on his side. And probably the last year it was to gang up on Bill, which I'm fine with. Bill doesn't deserve to have his job back. This is not crying poor for Bill Belichick. Bill deserved to lose his job. He, he shouldn't have kept it as long as he did. But I feel like last year it was about getting people on his side to move on from Bill. Or whatever. Get people on Mac's side. Whatever Robert was trying to do last year. I don't know. And now he spends an hour in an informal, off-the-record sit-down with reporters where he answered a couple of questions at the end yeah, that was allowed riffing. to go public. So I just, I don't like it. I don't like it. And it's not as bad as John Henry, but it's starting to travel in that direction, is all I'm telling you. And he comes out and he says, well, actually, it's a misconception about our spending. Let me read you a little bit more that I didn't get to earlier on. Uh, and again, this is Jones and Mego with Arkham. We'll get to our big question of the day. Who do you blame for the lack of spending? Because Bill blames Robert and Robert blames Bill. So who do you blame? You can dial us up. Again, 617-779-7937. He says, I'm sorry this misconception has been out there. I think people should look at our record. That's so that that's a bad line. That's like, I'm sorry I offended you. I'm okay. <laughs> What's worse? I'm sorry the misconception has been out there, or people should look at our record. Robert, we are. You had four wins last year. You had eight the year before that. You've missed the playoffs three out of the last four years. You haven't won a playoff game in five years. Well, You've done precisely point, nothing without Tom he Brady. He has a point that you're talking about a 10-year span, span of time and that they have Super Bowls in those Yeah, I, but we're just leaving out a massive piece of that. Yeah. The massive piece So is, I say I'm sorry there's this misconception out there. It's, it's not a misconception. I don't like that. It's not a misconception, and Robert acknowledged earlier in the piece you know, they say we're 32nd, and that technically might be true. Yeah, it's true. You're 32nd in spending. And I guess he feels the misconception is that it's him and not Bill. And that, to me, is garbage. Uh, he said, I think people should look at our record. We're privileged over the last 30 years to have the best win-loss record of any team in sports. We went to 10 Super Bowls. There are teams that haven't gone to one. I can assure our fans that spending will never be held back or the reason that we don't sign players. Never. It's never been the reason they don't sign players. That's interesting. I've actually tried to get us to sign players who maybe could have cost more, but wouldn't have been the right players or value. Someone has to unpack that and explain what that means. So we'll always leave that to the people we assign the responsibility to. Arkan, you read that line. You had a thought on who maybe he was talking about. Yeah, and uh, it's the MVP who just got announced last night, and that's Lamar Jackson. You remember this thing last year where he came out, was sort of riffing with the media again, and had that little joke about, wow, you know, you hear Lamar Jackson wants to come here. And I think that one's a good microcosm of this entire really debate here. Uh, you remember Belichick a couple years ago gushing about Jackson, saying how good he is. Kraft said he heard Jackson wants to be there, and that it's up to Bill if we want to go after him. Hey, talk to Bill Belichick. He's the one that can go get him if he wants to. And I don't remember, we talked about this, and I don't know who believed who, but I sort of at the time believed, like, all right, I don't think either one of them really want to get into the Lamar Jackson uh, business, even though they both definitely should have. But that's sort of it right there. Like, did Bill not want to give up what you'd have to give up to trade for Lamar Jackson? I can certainly see that. And did Kraft not want to have to pay whatever uh, money he was going to get? I can see that, too. I can see both of them being like, no, we're good on Jackson. How about did Kraft want to be the owner who stepped into that situation? That, that's a, too. It's a great point. point. Yeah. So, I look, I think it was bill on the lamar call if i'm being fair i thought that at the time i think that now but 
did Bill say, well, we only have X amount of dollars in the budget and it's not worth it? Like, that's where I think Bill comes into play. But if you only have X amount of dollars in the budget, Bill wasn't limiting himself there. And you make a great point, Mego. Thank you. I did don't know he, what it is yet. Did he want to cross the, the line? Did he want to cross the other owners? Because that felt like collusion that no one was interested in Lamar. It felt like collusion. Jimmy Haslam and the Browns were the one team to break out and fully guarantee a big contract to Deshaun Watson. And no other owners want to do it. Because you want to be in the club. And you want to sit on the various committees and you want power and influence within the league. So Robert Kraft wasn't going to cross his buddies. I, I, if I'm answering it honestly... I think Lamar Jackson specifically was more about Bill. But there's a case to be made that Robert said, yeah, I'm not going to be the owner to cross over those lines and F everybody else over and send us on a trajectory where it's all guaranteed contracts for quarterbacks because now I'm on the outside. Now I don't have power and influence because 30 owners or 29 other owners take out Green Bay, take out Jimmy Haslam. They're going to look at me sideways because I'm an idiot pouring all this money in when we're all colluding against players. May I ask something quite undignified? Yes. So... Do you think that Bill Belichick's massive salary that he got as a coach and GM had anything to do with him keeping payrolls low? I think it had no. I think it had to do with uh, like a personal adversarial thing with Brady. Like I don't think he wanted Brady to be paid more than him. I believe that. Okay. But I don't think he kept payrolls low because of that. I'm guessing Robert said, "Look, here's what I'm paying for football ops, and if you want 25 million instead of 20, take five away from the players." Yeah. See, this is where but Robert I, shouldn't be limiting that. He shouldn't be combining those two. You can pay a coach whatever you want. There's no limit on paying a coach. Right. This is so where that's, I, that's cheaping out. This is where I start to think that it's just one thing feeding the other. And that's why I like I would like to answer both. But that's just not the spirit of the question. And I go to Bill because I think that Bill had this massive salary. And part of getting the massive salary is not like there was this huge incentive to keep the cash payroll low, to keep cash spending low. But I think he knew that Robert Kraft liked being a lower spending team because it costs less to run the football team. And for a while, even even before, um, you know, 2014, wherever you go back this last 10-year span, even before that, they're spending in the bottom half of the league most of the time. And so it's like you're still winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl or going to Super Bowl after Super Bowl when you're spending pretty low and that becomes the way you're doing things. And it probably is part of Bill being able to say, yeah, I earned $25 million because look at what I give you and you don't have to spend that much on the football team comparatively. Yeah, I would still, again, blame Robert for that. Like, why, I don't get why he's linking a coach's salary, if we believe that's what's going on, I'm just asking, to I'm just payroll. wondering whether there was kind of some kind of like implicit motivation to keep the spending low because you're still having success and then also Bill gets to line his pockets a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I think there's that. I also think, and Arkan, you let me know if you agree, like, I think Bill just doesn't like giving players a lot of guaranteed money because then no, they have... No, he doesn't. You, they just have have le- you look at the contract. They have leverage. It's incentives, incentives, incentives. But I'm saying, so some of that is maybe keeping Robert happy, but also it's Bill wants power and somebody who has a bunch of guaranteed money... They don't have to listen to but, the coach if they want because they're not right. going anywhere. If but you're, now, aren't we talking about Bill making the decisions again on these contracts? Well, to a degree, but I, I think, I, I think Bill spent to their budget. I'm guessing. I don't know that for a fact, but I think they had an artificially low budget, and then Bill within that had to operate that way. I don't think Bill minded players being cheap. I don't think Bill was looking to spend lavishly. But the budget, 
I don't I don't think that was bad. I think I think you're right about that, Jones. And I think what sort of proves that was that contract that they gave Brady after twenty seventeen. That fifteen million dollars with the five million in incentives, you remember that? For like yeah. if you hit top at the top of the line of all these different uh stat categories. That's something that Robert Kraft could have said, Well, wait a minute. $15 million. He was just the MVP of the league. And this is sort of flies in the face, too, of him and that Wickersham thing being like, well, he told me he couldn't play anymore. You approved that contract, Robert. You said that was okay. You thought that was an appropriate amount of money to pay the MVP of the league, who's been a loyal soldier for you all these years and had just won two Super Bowls and came within, you know, a fingertip away from winning a third. So, like, that's that was ridiculous. Like, that, that to me, sort of, you can't absolve Robert from that when he okayed that contract. Yeah, Even but Bill thought same, of it. That same year, they're eighth in the league in cash spending like they're not spending on Brady but it, it's not like that's a situation where they were cheaping out across the entire roster But Robert in the past and this is what I was just going to say has bragged about the elegant solution with Brady you cannot mm-hmm. brag about and take credit for signing the contracts and then blame Bill when Brady leaves you can't do that like that's not fair and that's what he's trying to do and so look I think Bill had a big hand in in Brady leaving we all do I, I don't think Brady wanted to play for him anymore but just, let's let's not ignore Robert's role this is a good question from the text line because I th- I think this is something we haven't really touched on. How did the Pats rank in profitability in the last decade? Oh, we read it for you. I don't know about this year, but we read it for you last year. I can go back mm-hmm. in old show sheets and find it, but it, they were like second or third. Right. Weren't they like the most second or third most profit? Or am I getting them mixed up with the Red Sox? I actually might be getting them mixed up with the Red Sox. But I feel like we've talked about their profitability, and we've done it in the last year. And I don't know if the numbers are out yet for the 2023 season, but I feel like we did that for 2022, and their profitability was high. And so, look, let's let's try to effort and find those answers. I feel like we have talked about that, but maybe I'm confusing them with the Red Sox. They're the second. Right. This is well. This is from Behind 2022. Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, I see this. Two hundred sixty-five million. Okay, profitability. Yes. Dallas is four hundred sixty million. Okay. <laughs> they're the second most profitable team, and they're thirty-second in spending. I, I knew we talked about this. Now the Red Sox are almost identical, except their spending's lower. The Red Sox are second and third most profitable, which is why these two organizations sound the same, and yet we talk about them so differently. But some of us do. Uh, 617-779-7937. It's the big question of the day. Up now, at Jones and Mego. Robert Kraft has a meeting with reporters in Vegas. Who do you blame for the Patriots' lack of spending over the last decade? 66% say Robert. Wow. Good job. 34% say Bill. So 34% of you are trashing Bill uh, like Robert is, and the other 66% I I think are right. Uh, Mego, you at least have it pretty balanced, but you got to pick at the end of the day. Uh, you're putting it more on Bill than Robert. Thank you. I am pretty balanced. You are, but when you when forced to choose, you choose. I will choose. I choose Bill. You choose oh, Bill. Boy. You Six- know, because I because I gotta say, like Bill is who I hear about on the record with the spending. He's who, yeah, well, who I can look that's at. That's because the owners doing private no, meetings no, with no, the media. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like from players who have sat down with them. I can look at the contracts that the GM has drawn up, unless Robin Glazer's been doing those contracts, that we'll, we'll get to her. Bill Belichick's been drawing up. Like, I, I can only go by what I look at. And if I if someone had told me, well, you know, Robert interceded and said, you can't pay Randy Moss that, like, or you can't do this or that, like, then I would have a different perspective, but I just haven't heard that. 617-779-7937. Let's get to some phone calls before we get to what Bert said yesterday about Robin Glazer, because that's interesting, too. Mike's in the car. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, hi, how are you? Uh, I just want to say, I think Robert Kraft is a liar. He's classless. He's trashing a guy who brought him six Super Bowls and billions of dollars. Belichick's not saying a word about it. Kraft is just, he's, he's a phony, he's a liar, and he's completely classless. How do you trash somebody like Belichick 
who did all that for him. Okay, so, you know, uh, liar, classless, trashing him. I, I do think he trashed him. The other two we can have our opinions on. I do think he trashed him. We we said this the day of Bill's hand-holding press conference with yep. uh, Robert. Where they stood up there, they didn't take two any hours questions. And then he <laughs> they trashed him. He did. I mean, he did, and now he's still blaming him. So Robert's definitely trashing Bill. You can call him a liar or classless or whatever else. We can debate that, but he—I don't think we can debate. He trashed Bill the second Bill was gone. And it's a terrible look. It's a terrible look. Like he's on some kind of PR campaign right now. He's doing these off-the-record meetings with reporters, which you do so that the reporters will like you and will take your context into all of their opinions that they have of the situation. Like, whatever, that's his game. But the smear campaign is yucky. Okay, well, all I'm going to tell you is just wait, because Bill's going to punch back. I don't know when, but that that caller who's like, Bill's not doing anything, wait for it. I'm looking forward to it. No, 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 because it's going to happen. And like the memoirs, uh, you know, <laughs> details from Florida and things like that might be coming out yeah. with the way he's getting slammed by Robert Kraft. Listen, they so, got a lot of pregame coverage to do this Sunday for the big game. I would be shocked if we didn't hear something. Get ready. Patriots related coming from like an Ian Rappaport. Get ready for Bill to punch back because that's not going to be pretty. And that I guarantee you. Uh, 617. Or Steven stuck in the middle. 779. <laughs> seven, or not Steven. Uh, Brian. 7, no, no, no. Brian. <laughs> right. Little Brian is still with the Patriots. Uh, let me hear Burt Breer. Last night on NBC Sports Boston, who's uh, who's hiring the offensive coordinators here? You know, I did do, do a little digging around on how the Patriots are structured now and how they will be structured, at least through the draft in April. Um, and it is indeed with Elliot Wolf atop the personnel department. Pat Stewart, who came over from Carolina, is overseeing the pro side. Um, Matt Groh, who was on top of the personnel department last year, is overseeing the college side. But the really interesting nugget that I was able to pick up when I was sorting through all this is who was in the offensive coordinator interviews. There were four people in there when they were interviewing the group that they went through and wound up landing on Alex Van Pelt with. And that was Gerard Mayo, the head coach, Matt Groh, last year's personnel boss, Elliot Wolf, this year's personnel boss, and Robin Glazer, who, of course, um, has taken a key role in negotiations for the Crafts um, in the new setup. And so it's at least an interesting and new name added to the mix and I think confirms what some people thought, which is that she's a little bit more involved than she was before. Okay. It's interesting. Mego and shambles. Why is Robin Glazer there? This should not be a shock to anyone. Uh, who listens to this show, if you read the Wickersham piece, Jonathan Kraft and Senior Vice President of Business Affairs for the Kraft Group, Robin Glazer would chat with staff to the side, asking why the head coach made certain decisions. The subtext of those conversations, writes Wickersham, was that life in Gillette Stadium might be different soon. Belichick had a mostly loyal staff who felt pitched between their boss and ownership. Word leaked around the office that if Bill were gone in 2024, football operations would be split between Glazer and Jonathan Kraft. Okay, so Bert added that she was mostly there for contract purposes. So this is why when I'm like looking at the crafts and who to blame for this, it's like, oh, so she's there on their behalf working out contracts with these offensive coordinators? What what else is she going to do? How involved is she going to be in contracts and negotiations? And if she's heavily involved, that feels like the crafts are, you know, really extending their tentacles as they're allowed to do. But they're really extending their tentacles into football operations. So she's been involved in contracts before. Has she been sitting in on meetings like this? You think with Bill? On it was, interviews? It was Bill Belichick. I and don't know that. I do, but do you think so? 
Uh, I, Bill, I have probably not. Bill had to look to his right, and, and it's Robin Glazer there uh, hammering out details with Bill O'Brien last year. Do you think Bears was? Maybe. I think probably. I I, I would doubt it. I think it. that she's going to be um, a confidant, or already is a confidant to Gerard Mayo, and that's why she was in those rooms. Why is she talking about contracts? Because she's worked with the contracts before. That's been on record. So you still don't think this is weird? Do I, I think it's a little weird. But okay. I That's also progress. no, I do. I think it's a little weird that she's there, but we don't really have enough context for me to sit there and be like the context. Is oh the my Wickersham god, report. Robin Glazer. Yeah, but that was a rumor. Okay, but the, but then look at this what's happened. Rumor, well, look at what's happened. Wickersham reported it. She got a bump in title, and now she's sitting in on hiring offensive coordinators. Uh huh. Is she making the decision on I, hiring? I don't know. That's what I'm worried about. That's Seems what like I've she's been worried about. People that yes. is making the decision. She's yeah. one of the people. It's like her and Elliot Wolf and Matt Groh. And Mayo, like that seems influential, does it not? I I can't say with that much information. Arkan, why would she be there? Like, why? Why? If there's only four people there, why would you have an excessive number of people who aren't involved in the decision? Is she there to observe? Like, no, she's there to be part of the decision making process. And listen, if the crafts again, you're right, Jones. If the crafts want to have a, a a hand in that, then it's their right to have it. But. You know, if she's involved in that, is she going to be involved in the third overall pick? Like, you know, like yes. these are relevant so, questions. I was wondering about this. I reached out to someone this morning Ooh. to ask, what do you think of this Robin Glazer stuff? They and had what did Robin Glazer say? Cer- certain <laughs> things to say. And they said, hold on. I, I, I don't want to. Yeah, get it. No, word, this. word for word. Ready? This so is. Me Me- Mego up. reached out. Here's what she's hearing on Robin Mego Glazer. This phone. is. Absolutely, capital, no say on who they pick, zero. Okay. Did you ask about the contract? Who they pick to be the offensive no, coordinator? No, I didn't ask about the contract. Yeah, you I mean the third said, pick. What's the or deal the third with? overall pick. Absolutely, no. I can only tell you what I... Yeah, what did you ask? You asked about the third pick. I asked pick. about the third pick. Okay. Absolutely, no say on who they will pick, zero, exclamation point. How much say did she have in Alex Van Pelt? I didn't ask that. Well, yeah, did, you, did you ask that now? Send a, send a follow-up. <laughs> Why not? Why did you get your own people to I don't have any sources. I don't know anybody. <laughs> Me, either. Me either. We're not compromised on this like Mego is over here. I'm I'm a, I am Arcan yeah, source. Wait, I'm not why am I anything. compromised? With the Robin Glazer stuff? Because she's she's running stuff. This has been clear since the Wickersham wait, story. Okay. You don't think she's running let anything? A, let me ask you something. Would you feel differently if Robin Glazer's title was assistant to you've the head asked, coach. You've already asked me this. It's not her title. So uh, her, the title means something to me. It's always meant something. When Bill's like, titles don't mean anything, I'm sorry, but they do. And Robert Kraft or Mayo, no, Mayo came out and said she's titles mean something. She's advisor to mm-hmm. Mayo. Mayo yeah, said... Yeah, she's an advisor. Okay. She has, hold on. She's got the same title that Matt Patricia had as a senior advisor, and, and Matt Patricia was, was drawing signing up contracts. contracts, yes. Mm-hmm. Determining who is making been, money in this like organization. I also ordered the appetizers. But was Patricia a compliance officer? I don't know what Patricia was. I'm still trying to He was signing the contracts. His name was on the contract. These pot stickers are not compliance. Send them back. Send so, them like, back. I, I don't... All I know is, like, brushing aside the Wickersham thing is a rumor, as you've done. It seems like that rumor is coming true because she got a bump in title and now she's sitting here in negotiations and meetings with the offensive coordinator. And I wouldn't be surprised if she had ownership and Arkan, you're right. They can they can meddle as much as they want. It's their team. But what I push back on is this idea that they don't meddle and they won't do it because this seems like an indication they're well, going to meddle. They certainly are in this mode of like they get their franchise back, right? Yes. I mean, that's that's what it seems to be this yeah. entire offseason. Which sounds like about. meddling. So like I'm sure this off the record business is we don't we don't do this we don't do that we didn't do this we didn't do that they're like justifying how much they've been like meddling and maybe explaining Robin Glazer's role as well 
but I'm skeptical of all of it. I've been skeptical from the second. I'd never heard of her name before until I read the Wickersham story, and I've been skeptical ever since. I do like the whole, why are we taking our team back? Like, they were so awesome before Belichick got here. It's like, okay, like you yeah. get them, you get let's them, guys. Wrestle, let's wrestle the team away from Brady and Bill. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's our team. That's what everybody's We're going to go to the Super Bowl once, maybe. 617-779-7937. It took the Jaguars to knock out the Broncos and a power outage just to get to a Super Bowl before Belichick and Brady got there, for God's sakes. But sure, let's give him a ton of credit for how they run this organization. I'll get to all your feedback, and I, I, I want to get to another hire. Bill O'Brien has been hired as head coach at Boston College. I don't really care about the BC part. What does that say about the Patriots? Let's get to it next. From the Rubenstein Law Studios, 1-800-BOS-LEGAL. This is WEEI. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say W-E-E-I's a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of Jones and Mego on W-E-E-I. I would trade down and get more picks. You need more lottery tickets. More lottery tickets increases the possibility of getting more winners. You get more winners, you get better players, you get a better team. That's what I think the Bears should do with one, and that's what I think the Patriots should do with three. Unless you are convinced that that guy you're getting is pro bowler, hall of famer, can't miss. And how can you be convinced of that? The Panthers were convinced of it last year when they gave up all that stuff to get Bryce Young and what do they have so far? So I think that I think that they should trade down if they can. If they can get more players, scratch more lottery tickets and develop more talent. Save more money by trading down. Scratch more lottery tickets. Is he specifically talking about scratchies? Uh, it's a good point. It's, he's kind of crossing his metaphors there, right? Because I was I was listening to this on uh, my morning walk with my doggie, and I was trying to think about these picks as lottery tickets. If you had a lottery ticket and you had a 33% chance at hitting a million dollars on the lottery ticket, do you take that lottery ticket or do you take two lottery tickets that could each be worth $100,000? Yeah, right. I'm taking the shot at a million. Probably, right? Yeah. I think it's a one in three shot. I mean... You're missing out on $100,000 from another ticket. I agree with the logic. I can't speak to the math, but I agree with the logic for sure. I'm take, I'm swinging for the fences. I want a million bucks. I don't this need $100,000. I want a million dollars. Morning walk, scratchy girl math. <laughs> so I was Mike Florio Tom. on the Patriots Talk podcast with Tommy Curran. Uh, he agrees with Curran about trading back. It's another way the Patriots can save money. Robert, Big NBC trying to get the Patriots yes. to trade back. Robert Glazer is apparently uh, Robert Glazer. Robin Glazer is apparently uh, uh, negotiating contracts on behalf of the Crafts. She's in the offensive coordinator meetings and has a lot of influence. And maybe is running football ops with Jonathan Kraft if you believe Seth Wickersham. And furthermore, we've been asking all day uh, who's in charge of the money there. Was it Bill? And now the faucets are going to open up. Hasn't seemed that way yet on the coaches that they've been hiring, but. I don't really care about the coaches they hire compared to the roster. If they spend on the roster, they can cut corners on the coaches. Uh, let me know. What's up now? At Jones and Mego, our big question of the day. Who do you blame for the Patriots' lack of spending over the last decade? We'll get to your thoughts on that at 617-779-7937. Real quick on Bill O'Brien, who is now the head coach at Boston College. That's official. I saw Pete Thamel reporting it. That feels pretty official. I don't know if BC announced it yet or not. They have not. But he's expected to be the next head coach at Boston College. I feel like this makes the higher last year look even worse for the Patriots. You're nodding, Mego. You agree? It, I agree with you on this. Retroactively, it looks like, and I, and I felt this a little bit at the time, 
it really looks like Bill O'Brien just really wants to live in Boston. You know, and maybe he's got like really great priorities for that, be close to his family and that's his home and all this stuff. But like it does reflect a little differently, doesn't it? Yes. And and it's also <laughs> Am I like, being ungenerous. No, here? you're not. And it's it look did he want was he coming back to like fix the Patriots and their offense? Because if he was, he failed. But number two, was he doing that or was he just coming back to be in New England and in Boston and in the area? And like it looks like he he left Alabama. He left here. He left Ohio State. Now he's going to BC. And like the whole thing just feels fraudulent. Like it just feels like, oh, I was coming back here to fix everything. And you're just bouncing around and you're not loyal to anyone or anything. And look, I don't think the Patriots were going to keep him anyway. So maybe going to Ohio State in the first place was him just landing somewhere. Just needing a job. Yeah, but backing out of that so quickly. I don't I don't think that's a great look for him or the Patriots. It's like, wow, your your whole plan for your offense last year with Mac was hiring the future head coach at BC. Like that stinks. Yeah, it does. And I mean, listen, for Bill O'Brien, I don't think there is a huge market for him in the NFL this is the outside point. of the Patriots. So I mean, this was a flyer that they basically took on him. This was a flyer like, all right, he knows the characters here. He knows Mac Jones a little bit. There's something there. Let's bring him in. He was successful, quote unquote, before. Uh, this should work. You know, why wouldn't it work? It's an offensive coordinator. It'll shut everybody up about all that. And who knows? Maybe Mac responds. And now you know maybe why there wasn't such a big market. Yeah, I think they look worse in retrospect. I, I, no- I think it looks a lot. It, it's a lot less important than just he looked like he did a bad job as offensive coordinator. No, I agree with that. <laughs> like he just had a last ranked offense I totally agree but like it just tells you where he stands in football he was an offensive coordinator in college he left for an offensive coordinator job then backed out of it to take a head coaching job that's probably a worse job than the OC at Ohio State right probably Chip Kelly Kelly left UCLA Ohio State's more of if you're trying to go back to the pros that's closer to that than Boston College Chip, Chip Kelly left as the head coach at UCLA which I don't think is a great job to be the OC at Ohio State like I feel like the OC at Ohio State is a better job than head coach at BC. I think yeah. the last head coach at BC just went to the NFL. So yeah, I mean, sure. Not like there's no path there. But it's no. I'm not saying you can't get back to the NFL. But I'm saying I don't think Bill O'Brien left Ohio State because BC's a better job. No, I agree. I he think did it for yeah. the location and his family and everything. That's why he took the job. Yeah. And like he's probably under no pressure there. Like I don't think he's under any pressure at BC. He could have that job for a decade plus if he wants. It would be my guess. I mean, if they're really terrible, maybe not. I think that they're bummed about losing their coach. So I think that there's a little bit of pressure to follow up. But I also think he'll probably be pretty good at it. He might, uh, look. I have no idea how he's going to do at BC. He was fine at Penn State. Fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The operative word. They were like an he eight went win into and a seven a win pretty team. Pretty difficult situation. He did. They didn't make any bowls, but I think they were uh, restricted from going to bowl games. It's not like it's his fault. They would have been bowl eligible. And so... Why? What happened? He did not go to a great situation. I'll give him that. He might be fine at BC. I still think it reflects poorly on the Patriots that out of their whole search, they got the future head coach at Boston College. Well, come on. That stinks. You're you're saying that there was a search. That's the bigger thing. They're a small search. Is that... Okay, like... and, And... Bill O'Brien has some really important reasons that he wants to be here and with his family. At the, but if you're the Patriots, like just look at now what you're doing now with your general manager. You can even say with your head coach, there is no search. 
You're yeah. just bringing in the people that you know. And, and we knocked Bill for that forever. But now it's looking like it's just the way that it is in Fox. It makes them look worse. I think it makes them look worse. You can jump in on this. 617-779-7937. Who's to blame for the lack of spending over the last decade? Belichick or Kraft? Uh, we'll continue to get to that. And we're going to be joined by Sham Sharanya. From FanDuel and Stadium, uh, we'll get some thoughts on the Celtics on the other side of the trade deadline, their title chances, Joe Missoula's fit, Jalen Brown in the dunk contest. That's next with Shams. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. From the WEEI studios. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Game coverage on WEEI is presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit. Solostove.com. Hour number two. Jones and Mego with Arcan here on WEEI. We've been taking your phone calls on the Patriots, their lack of spending over the last decade. Who do you blame, Bill Belichick or Robert Kraft? You can dial us up. 617-779-7937. But the Patriots won't be winning any championships anytime soon, I don't think. There is a team in town who can get that done in a matter of months. And for more on that, we're joined on the Harbor One Hotline by Sham Sharanya of The Athletic and Stadium. He's co-host of FanDuel TV's Run It Back and the senior lead NBA insider for The Athletic and Stadium. Uh, Run It Back is a daily live show on the NBA, hosted by Emmy-winning host Michelle Beadle, NBA insider Sham Sharanya, and former NBA stars Chandler Parsons and Lou Williams. Love Lou Williams. Uh, you can tune in to Run It Back weekdays at 10 a.m. on FanDuel TV and FanDuel TV+. Shams, how we doing? Adam, Megan, Christian, appreciate you guys having me on. Of course. So we're, we're very interested about a, a lot of what's gone down throughout the league, and I want to get to the trade deadline and what went down and what didn't go down, specifically with the Celtics. But I do want to start with your view on the Celtics and how they stack up with the rest of the league. It, it seems to me that there's a large gap, certainly between Boston and the rest of the Eastern Conference. I'd argue there's a gap between the Celtics and the rest of the league. Uh, how do you feel about how they stack up with the rest of the NBA? From the talent and continuity perspective, I mean, they're right in position to be the favorites, arguably, in the whole NBA. There's no question. And then when you look in the East, 
Milwaukee, the issues that they've been dealing with, and then you look at the issues that Philadelphia has now from a roster perspective with Joel Embiid out at least the next one to two months. There's no doubt. I mean, you can look at the Eastern Conference and say they should be, they are the favorites in the, in the East. Um, but again, this is a team that's been, been playoff tested for the last several years. They're, they're championship robust at this point in, in, in Boston. I don't think there's a question about that. And all the pressure, all the expectations will be there for them come playoff time. And it's going to be a summer of decisions as well. You have Drew Holiday as a free agent, uh, potentially. Uh, and then Derek White as a free agent as well. So they'll have to deal with that in the summer. But I think the Celtics, their roster, when you think about six, seven uh, man deep, I mean, probably one of the more talented six, first six players that you can come up with. Um, so this is, this is a top-heavy group that come playoff time, when, short, when shortened rotations happen, the Celtics team will be right there. And I think getting, getting Xavier Tillman at the deadline was a solid insurance pickup for Brad Stevens and the Celtics. So you say championship or bust, and, and we've seen the other side of that with teams like OKC, teams like the Clippers, who were very, very talented but never ultimately made it to a, fi- to, to a championship. So I'm or winning a championship. When you say that it could go the other way, what do you think that would look like for the Celtics in your experience covering all these different teams? What would we expect if they don't get the championship this year? Well, I think what Brad Stevens did last year when, when the team lost in the conference finals, it's a lot of just inward reflection, how, how to continue to tweak the, the roster. And when they traded away Marcus Smart, to get Christoph Porzingis in. I think there was a lot of questions culturally, defensively on the perimeter, but then a lot of those got answered. When you bring in a guy like Drew Holiday, who's been a champion in Milwaukee, part of all defensive teams, uh, we know about his abilities on both ends of the floor. So they, they, they really got, got a great gift in that Damian Lillard trade. It, it helped them out significantly by getting Drew Holiday so late in the offseason before training camp. So uh, I think it'll, it, it would be – in, you have to always look inward, but from a roster component, you want to keep Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum together. You want to keep the continuity that they've had. Um, but this team, what, what they did last year, bringing in Christos Porzingis, uh, getting Drew Holiday, they've been primed, they've been prepped, they've been ready. They've been playing for this second half and this playoff run uh, that's, that's going to be upon them in a couple months. Shams, you were obviously very busy this week. It was a busy, busy trade deadline. Would you say it was a good trade deadline? You know, I've been asked that a lot. I, I think there were not any landmark players. When you think about the last two trade deadlines, you had James Harden, Ben Simmons traded a couple of years ago. You had Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving traded last year. So this year, there were a lot of needs being filled around the league. When you think about New York, what they did getting Boyan Bogdanovich, Alec Burks, uh, I think for them this year and moving forward, they have talent, they have some depth. They have flexibility. They have their eight first-round draft picks they can trade in the summer. They're going to be a factor for a potential star down the line. There's no question about that. But then you look at Philadelphia with Joel Embiid out the next one to two months, bring in Buddy Heald as a scorer, as a shooter. That helped them out, I think, tremendously. Oklahoma City, youngest team in the league, one of the youngest teams in the league, one of the best teams in the league record-wise, uh, has one of the MVP leaders in Shea Gillis-Alexander, and getting Gordon Hayward in, I think that was a big get. Obviously, you guys are very familiar with him. I think that was a big-time pickup for them in terms of having that flexibility coming off the bench. And in that move, guys, they also opened up $30 million in cap space for the summer. That's kind of gone a little under the radar. So I think the Thunder tried to position themselves now 
and in the future with that trade for him. We're talking to Sham Sharanya. He's the senior lead NBA insider for the Athletic and Stadium. Uh, a lot of people are confused about how to feel about Joe Missoula here in Boston. Like, some days I feel good about him. Other days I feel like he's a poor fit. How does the league view Joe Missoula and his fit with this Celtics group and his readiness to bring a championship to an NBA team? Well, you never know until you know, right? But I, I think clearly Brad Stevens has a, has a great deal of respect for him, admiration for him around the league. He's been known as someone that has obviously paid the dues and has been been working and grinding at it for several years now. So I don't, I, I haven't heard much else besides the hardworkingness and all that. But at the end of the day, when you have a championship quality teams, you're always going to be judged off production, always going to be judged off how far and how deep you advance. And I think those are still unanswered questions that the Celtics team has and them as a whole have until they get through and until they break through as, a, as an entire organization. Do you see Jason Tatum as a top five player? He's been, and I know there's Joel Embiid's injury now, but there have been a couple weeks here and there where he's sixth on the uh, Kia, Kia NBA ladder for MVP. I, I definitely think you can make the case that he should be one of the MVP candidates this year. I mean, when you think about it, they're the best record in the East. They're a team that obviously is going to be one of the front runners to potentially win a championship. Um, but I think when you look around, you have Shea Gills Alexander. I think MVP wise, you have to look at Nikola Jokic. You have to look at, um, you know, can Kawhi Leonard, because of the Clippers' success, can he get in there? But I think Jason Tatum, I mean, he's a year in, year out MVP candidate for sure. So you think those guys are better than Jason Tatum? <laughs> I, I just said they're candidates for MVP along with him. But I, I listen, I, I think it's hard for me to give rankings. Uh, these things, I any given moment, I mean, he's capable to be the best player, you know, in the league at any given moment. And I think that's what makes, you know, the, the, the parity around the league. There's, you know, I think probably 10 players that have the, 10, 12 players in the league right now that have the ability to be the best player in the league on any given night. Shams, you're a young guy. You a slam dunk contest guy? Like, is that something you grew up with, something you care about? Definitely. I, I think they're definitely, you know, back when, when I was growing up watching All-Star Saturday Night, it was about the dunk contest. Now I feel like it's gravitated a lot towards the three-point contest, but I think you can definitely feel a certain level of energy when the dunk contest has, has, its, has, has its moment, has its shine. Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, several years ago, I think, put on a show. Mac McClung, I think, did a great job last year. I mean, he had 50s on every dunk, didn't miss any dunks. So that's obviously going to be Jalen Brown's major competition. Well, that's, that's my next question. Uh, Jalen Brown, an all-star, getting back into it. I mean, what, what do you think that could do for the contest if he does have a good show? If he goes out there and sucks, then it's not going to matter. But if he goes out there and it's a real big show, could that, could that bring the contest back, do you think? I, I do think you, you, you have a successful dunk contest, possibly win it for sure could have an impact on future stars and how they might view it and how they might view Jalen moving forward. But uh, Lou Williams, who's, who's on the running back show with me, he said it best, bringing back star power, bringing, being a guy that's willing to put yourself out there that's so important. And Jalen Brown is a guy that obviously is very confident in himself. He's already accomplished a lot in the league when you think about all-NBA, all-stars, has been to the finals, has been to Commerce Finals. I think you know, winning a championship for sure is on his list and – this is something that he's obviously doing and, and wanting to be a trailblazer of sorts. We haven't seen All-Star since 2017 participate in a dunk contest. Shams, what happens if the Celtics don't win? 
Uh, you said, you know, they're they're ready, they're poised to do it. I do feel there's a gap. If they don't win, what what could we be looking at for, you know, changes here in Boston? And again, I, I hone in on the coach. I wonder what his security would be and what they would do. I think you always have to look inward if you're the Celtics, for sure. They, they did last year, and and I think there's it's clear. I mean, if you don't get to your goals and what you aspire for, have to look at, you know, it has to look inward. And we saw Brad Stevens do that last year, making a trade for Mark, trading out Marcus Smart, getting in Chris Porzingis. So this summer they're going to have decisions to make. Players will have decisions to make. Drew Holiday has a player option. He's extension eligible the second half of the NBA season. Uh, you, you have Derek White's free agency, obviously, as well. So they're going to have to make roster decisions either way this goes. Shams, do you ever steal sources from Woj? Do you ever, like, get anyone to change allegiances and then you text them and you're like, he, he or she is mine now? Um, you know, I, I think every, everyone I speak to, I think, is mine. So you never know. You know that, that's, how, that's how your mentality should be. So you don't lose any to him? You don't have, like, one who got I, away? I, I, I always treat every individual I speak to the same way I, I would. I don't, I, that's not... That, I mean, just in life, I think you always try to treat everyone the same way and try not to have any preconceived notions. So you report on everybody, obviously. So where did the set, like you started really blowing up in like 2016, 2017, right? Like the Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie Irving years here with the Celtics. So where would you sort of put them when it comes to reporting on the NBA? Where do the Celtics kind of rank on like the drama scale, the narrative scale? We're really close to it. So we assume that everything the Celtics do is a big deal. But where do you as a national guy sort of see them over the years? Well, they're obviously one of the bigger market teams. They're obviously one of the bigger uh, name teams, especially when you have guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on the team. Before that, you had, like you said, the guys like IT, Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward when they had him. So they've always been a market that's been able to attract players, attract star players, uh, have max players. So I think that alone will bring a level of, of you know, eyeball scrutiny, attention, praise, uh, you know, every every end of the spectrum. Have you ever been more terrified than when Kay Adams grabbed your phone? <laughs> I, 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 I think I think that was up there for sure. Mostly because you, you know you you, know, you never want your phone, no, uh, you know, to, to be to be seen uh, on, on on a camera. But amazing show to be on. I think Up and Adams is is one of the best shows out there. And I think being being a part of a show and doing anything with Kay Adams, you guys you guys know Kay Adams. She's I think she does an amazing job. I think she, uh, you know, brings a great energy and spirit. Definitely one of the more unique shows I've I've, I've ever been on, and uh, I'm I'm just you know I'm, I'm grateful to, to to be a part of the Fanduel TV family. Okay, well, speaking of Fanduel TV, uh, check out Run It Back. It is weekdays at 10 a.m. Fanduel TV, Fanduel TV Plus. Shams is a part of it, along with Michelle Beadle, Lou Williams, and Chandler Parsons. Shams, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Appreciate you all. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Sham all our guest, joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. That, if you haven't seen that video, and I maybe didn't do a very good job explaining it, but, <laughs> she, you know, he was on Up and Adams with Kay, and she just, like, grabbed his phone. She just grabbed his phone. Just grabbed it. And she's like, I'm going through this thing. Which is, I feel like that's a little terrifying. It's very personal. I like, well, I like to think, like, you know, I don't have, there's nothing in my phone that would You've be. You've got a passcode on it, though, right? I do. Okay. I do. But but it's. Or a face unlock? No, I don't have a face unlock. And I don't oh. have, like, the fingerprint or anything like, like that. I, I just have, I just have a dumb number. I don't even, yeah, I do have the face unlock. Got it. I can't even remember if I do or not. But, like, I don't know. I still wouldn't want 
on TV, somebody going through it and being like, oh, so you I were texting. I don't going through my phone at any time. I don't care if I'm in my personal life. Don't don't go through my phone. Yeah. Scary. Scary. Good move by Kay, though. She Hi, really, guys. She, she really had him. Uh, really had him really. Well, anyway, uh, look, he seems to think that the Celtics are, there's not as big of a gap as I was hoping he was going to say. You know, you wanted him to be like, oh, yeah, they're way ahead. He of doesn't everybody. sound like he respects the East, which I agree with. The East just isn't very good. But I don't know. He seems he Do you seems, think he finds the Celtics pretty boring. Uh, yeah, I think that was kind of what he answered yeah, to our kid. That's there. how I heard it. Like, he's kind of like they're drama free. And so, you know, I mean, I think at least now they're drama free. They weren't now that Marcus Smart is gone. I think they're largely drama free outside of the head coach. Drama uh, with Woj, though. He didn't like that question. No. Well, you know, I, I considered asking, but Woj, if you're uh, if you're tallying these things, StatMuse does. Woj had a few more scoops yesterday. Okay, but, you know, well, Woj has a, more years of experience. Sometimes you win a trade deadline. Chance is the young guy coming up sometimes, with the challenge. Sometimes you win, you know, a different trade deadline. I don't know how he's done over the years. Mega, but Shams is so much younger than both of us. I know. I'm, I'm really, he's in his I 20s, not right? That. Okay, I wanted to ask him what he remembered from, like, slam dunk contest. And he's like, Aaron Gordon? Who was the other one he said? Uh, Aaron Gordon and Zach, Zach Levine. Levine. That was yeah. in 2016. Like, old school. Yeah, yeah, the, you know, back in the day. Zach Levine winning dunk contest. I was like, wow. Uh, so anyway, but he's very plugged in. And then uh, you climb back into your coffin and <laughs> shut the lid. That's mm-hmm. the latest there. Uh, you can check My it Vince out. Vince Carter poster. If you missed any of Shams. <laughs> I know, people are like outraged when I say Vince Carter was better than like Jordan dunk contest or Dominique, but like uh, Levine, come on. Uh, anyway, if you missed any of that, Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Get it on your phone. Take it with you wherever you go. It's free. It's easy. You can listen to Shams there or any of our other vi- interviews. You can also listen live. Uh, there or tell your smart speaker to play 93.7 WEEI. Arkan has the latest in trending. Let's come back with Brady versus Mahomes, which really has started to pick up more steam nationally over the course of the two weeks. And let me just tell you, it's not pretty if you're on Brady's side of the argument. Let's get to it after trending. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com/network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. 
And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is Jones and Mako with Arcane. All right, ladies and jelly spoons. Jelly spoons? Yeah. That's right. That Arcane is like. This show sounds so young and cool. It does. We're the oldest, lamest, young hit that show is. ever. On WEEI. Crane, if he wins Sunday, it's the greatest start to a career in the history of sports. Not just the NFL, but the history of sports. All those guys that you had mentioned, that's not the ultimate team game. Football is the ultimate team game. And for him to have that many championships this early in his career on top of those MVPs, it would be the most impressive start in the history of the game. And I think it would make him one step closer to that conversation of the greatest of all time. Tom has that. We all know that. Patrick's the best player that I've ever seen, but to get into that conversation of greatest all time, I've, I've always felt he's got to get five, and every one is going to matter. So this would be the greatest start in the history of, of sports for a quarterback or for anybody. And the fact that it's gotten to this point is remarkable. I'll never get tired of watching Doom. Dan Orlovsky, weekly guest here on Jones and Mego with Arcan during football season. Uh, he was on Get Up, I believe, discussing the start for Patrick Mahomes. He wins the Super Bowl. Forget Brady. It's the best start in the history of sports, which I haven't really branched out into and, and spent a lot of time thinking about. I thought he said in the history of the game. Did I mishear him? No, maybe I did. I, I th- was like 70% paying attention. I thought he said sports. I know that's been like a debate all week. I guess we did loosely wade into it. He could have said the history of sport, and then it would have sounded like a course that you can take at Harvard. I, I think I, I think I took a course like that at Northeastern. Much less, uh, much Joe less. Castiglione, your uh, no, 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 no. He, that was. Uh, I don't remember the name of that class, but I did take. I did take Joe's what? class at Northeastern. Yeah. When I was a coach at Wellesley College, I was technically a professor of sport. Wow. Yeah. Did you have to teach anything? I coached. No, no that's, that's what I mean. But you didn't. Have, no, but you no didn't I to, didn't go into a lecture hall, you know, and point on a whiteboard saying. and be like, "The backer defense has a rich history." <laughs> Honestly, I could. I feel like I could use that on lacrosse because I really, I really don't get it. I've told you this. It's basically just basketball, except you can go behind the net. It's yeah. all the same exact concept. Yeah, but with like sticks and goalies and. Pads. Not dribbling. Yeah, and not dribbling. <laughs> yeah, you cradle and a ball that's you, like a fraction the size of the other ball instead of a dribble. And like you know. And a net that you throw it into. Like <laughs> All the movements, the defensive concepts, More like the hockey. offensive. No, it's actually not like hockey very much at all. I, you know, is there a goalie? It's the only similarity. There's there is a goalie. The you're only saying similarity. It is there's the only net. similarity. There's a goal. lot like hockey. They wear well, <laughs> protective masks for their faces. The other similarity like is I'm the queen Pads. of both. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the queen of both. That's true. You are the queen of hockey. He got off me. We ain't tripping about that. Thank you, professor. <laughs> I took that course. Uh, Ball movement is important in both. It is. So not just the NFL, but the history of sports. Thank you. The history of sport. So look, we, we discussed Professor this. Be- we discussed this before. <laughs> just like Indeed. how many times you need to see it in other sports where you're like, it'll never happen again. Like we are. So, and trust me, I am like as guilty of hyperbole as anyone. But like this one, even I'm like, I don't run around saying we're never going to see this again. When do I ever say that? I don't run around saying we're never going to see this again because it happens all the time. Oh, my God, we'll never see another Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods. At least that one took a while. Oh, my gosh. We'll I know never... who you'd say it about. Who? Theo. 
We'll never see another Theo. That that well, that one. I is I thought true. you were going to say Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> that one. Is, that one is true. Actually, I take I it back. I got you. That, that one's is true. the exception that proves the rule. We're never going to see another. I mean, not for like a hundred years. We're never going to see somebody end an eighty-six year drought exactly. and and the Cubs drought. That one we will never see again. <laughs> I know. We won't. Maybe people will. Humanity might, but you we see will that? not. I got him. We will not. I don't think we're going to see 20 years of success in the NFL like the Patriots had. I don't think we're going to see... Will we see six Super Bowls? Maybe, yeah. But I don't think we're going to see a 20-year span of making the playoffs that often and going to that many AFC Championship games and everything else. But the Super Bowls? The Super Bowls could be caught. I don't think the rest of it can. Okay, good. I don't think a 20-year stretch how many How many times do you need to see it before you go, oh, yeah, and this one one happened while Brady was still in the league? This happened while Brady didn't beat him, but he won Super Bowls while Brady was in the... Super Bowls, plural, while Brady was still in the league. And people are like, we'll never see it again? Come on. So that's the only time I've waded into other sports. And you can jump in on this, 617-779-7937. I think we've gone relatively light on Brady versus Mahomes the last couple of weeks. <laughs> like, I think we've been very light on it. We've been disciplined. No, I mean, if look, with all the Belichick stuff and the Patriots hiring and their nonsense spending and Robert Kraft's comments last Plus night. Plus the shams and woes drama that we manufacture. Robert Glazer. Uh, Robert. I keep saying Robert Glazer. Robin Glazer running the show. I don't know. So, like, all of that. Like, just... I keep looking at it, and and I want to get into more Brady and Mahomes, but we haven't done a lot of it. But, like, I think you've gotten off easy. At the national level, the national level. Not just the NFL, but the history of sports. Here's how people are talking about it. So that was Orlovsky. You want to hear Mad Dog? Sure. Mad Dog on first take today. Here's what he had to say about Mahomes v. Brady. Listen, even if Purdy plays well, I don't know how the game isn't about Mahomes. He is the greatest quarterback for at least one game that I've ever seen. You know he's going to play well. The Tampa one three years ago was about the offensive line. They fell apart. Mahomes is going to play a big-time game. Played well against, obviously, Allen. What are you looking at me that way for? Did you just walk back a hot take you had on first take last week? No, my hot take was Mahomes, the greatest quarterback of all time. I've said that a thousand times. And now today, we're out here in Vegas. Maybe you just bet your money somewhere else. And you just said to me, he's the best quarterback we've seen for one game. Okay, you want me to say the career? I'll say the career. I think he's better than Brady. If I had a game to win right now in his peak, I'm taking Mahomes over Brady. Okay, well, that's crazy. Uh, Number one, nothing worse than that. When you're you're given a take and all of a sudden it's like a take shrapnel from an old take comes flying oh, back in your face. It's, it's a ghost take. Nothing, the nothing worse than that. The ghost take comes back to haunt you and you're like, no, 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 that was a different yeah, version of me. Nothing, nothing worse no, than no. that. No, no shrapnel from an old take. I'm just impressed that he went that long without mentioning some football from the now in Technicolor <laughs> era of, of sports. So look. Never heard of Otto Graham! Okay, do you... Slip it, doggy. Come on. <laughs> do you agree that you would take Brady... I'm sorry, Mahomes over Brady for one game? Heck no. Me neither. I'm taking Brady. Okay. A game? I want Brady. And, you know, if you're talking about executing for, like, one drive, I want Brady. But this is what I was talking about the other week when we waded into Kelsey and Gronk. I'm like, Mahomes at his peak, some people feel like Mahomes' peak is better than Brady. And and he's more talented than Brady, which is a whole other debate. I feel like we were kind of wading into with Gronk. But, like, that's now what you're getting at the national level and get ready for it. She's never heard of nothing He's off to the greatest start in the history. Forget Brady's start. Like, hey, Brady, shove aside. This is the greatest start in the history of sports or sport, singularly. And he also is the guy you would take for one game over Brady. Like, those are starting to seep in if Mahomes wins this weekend. I I won't go to the second thing for sure. I won't go to that. The first thing I'd have to think about more, like who's had better starts in other sports, I'd have to think about that more. But I won't go to the second thing with Mahomes winning another Super Bowl. I won't go there. Yeah, and that's, I mean... 
you know, that's fair. You have to you have to sort of keep things in perspective, but you're allowed to sort of also point to the pace that he's on and what that sort of means and how Brady wasn't on that kind of pace and Brady also had the big 10-year gap in between uh, dynasties. So, I mean, you know, it's all about sort you of what happens. You mean in terms of the, the MVP? In terms of all that, yeah. And yeah. it sort of matters what happens in the here and now and, and how far he can really take it and how long the team stays together and all these other kind of factors. And it's a different league now than it was then. Mahomes isn't taking less to stay in Kansas City like Brady did in New England. There's going to be other factors that play into it, but for the most part, I think, you know, the the pace is really what what you have to look at. The pace is really what's kind of getting them so close to each other. There are three things that I think Patrick Mahomes, the next chapter, depend on. After he wins the Super Bowl, if he can get anywhere near Brady, and I know people like Mad Dog are already saying he's near Brady. I don't think he's near yet. Three things. What does he do after Andy Reid retires? What does he do without Travis Kelsey? And how? most importantly, how does his game age? Because they're already using him a little bit differently after the injury that he had last year. And he, it's not like he's Lamar Jackson. It's not like he's a, a run-first quarterback. But he is a mobile guy, and a huge amount of what he does is physical compared to how Brady's game aged. And so I'm curious about those three factors. I think when we talk in a couple years about the debate between Brady and Mahomes, it could look wildly different if those factors, if he can't overcome those things. Okay, so I'm uh, I'm I'm not uh, fully up to speed on what you were just saying because I'm trying to discuss whether or not we have breaking news on the page. I'd say we do. You think so? I think we do. It's a new hire. Ryan shaking his head. That's no way. It's not like shaking my head. This is Parking News. Breaking news on WEEI is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Sports Talk Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. All right, here's your breaking news. Mark Daniels has it. The Patriots have hired Dante Hightower to be their new linebackers coach. Uh, this courtesy of Hightower's agency, Sports Trust Advisors, I believe it is. Uh, who are the first to uh, to post it? Mark Daniels now also reported it. So there it is. You got a problem with it, Ryan? Take it up with Mark Daniels. Mark Daniels and Jeff Howe are both uh, <laughs> Eric Shun. Both reporting. Who's uh, this penis? What sports <laughs> trust advisor? Sports talk. Anita. What? Sports talk. Balsack. Who is she? They are uh, tweeting out. Uh, and I, this is who represented Hightower in his playing days, that Dante Hightower is a Patriots linebackers coach. I love it. Okay, I, I have no problem with that. That's cool. I, I love like that. Dante yeah, Hightower. Good. That, that is great. So, I, and I. <laughs> That's my reaction. Well, I'm starting to remember too. Wasn't this out there? Like, wasn't this like kind of sur- not like official, but it wasn't it surmised? And isn't there. Did he tweet it? Uh, did he? Was there an interview with Hightower? I'm trying to remember. Like, when he retired, was there something like, oh, I can't wait to come back and coach with Mayo? Like I feel like that was out there, or did Mayo? When Mayo got the job, he was tweeting. No, or did, yeah, or did, or did Mayo say something about Hightower, like he'd have a job for? I remember vaguely remember reading about this in the past, so I, I don't think it's a totally out of left field surprise thing. And I have no idea if Hightower can coach zero. But this this is they an should area, hire Chandler Jones. Okay, but this is an area <laughs> where I am interested in running it back with like some Patriots people. Like I'm okay with hiring them for some of these jobs, you know. I didn't want to just reach out for another Bill retread like Josh McDaniels to be the offensive coordinator. But if you have ex-players who want to get into coaching and like played with Mayo, I'm much more okay with that as opposed to guys who are like Bill guys on staff. The ex-players I'm much more okay with. Give him a job. Linebackers coach, great. Let's see if he can do it. Maybe he can't. Maybe he's Troy Brown and he'll suck at it. 
But, like, I don't mind the idea of bringing these guys in. I, I, I like that idea. I like that hire. Well, yeah, and especially because Gerard Mayo knows what it takes to be a line linebacker's coach. So it's at least like... It, it's, oh my God! Come on, will you guys grow up? I didn't what? say anything. I heard Ryan laughing at the way that a I said coach. coach. Oh, okay. it was the coach? I'm sorry, I missed. I missed that one. It's a good coach. <laughs> so uh, I think that this is his area of expertise. So I trust him bringing in Dante. I don't know if he'll be a good, good coach or not, but I think that I really like the hire on its face. Let's call him a teacher, as you said earlier. Coaching is like teaching. Someone the text line is like i'm from academia and i'm trying to tell you that you weren't a professor you were instructor i'm telling you i was a professor all right yeah shut up nerd well, shut just, up science bitch yeah, well i do agree with that but it, you you have to admit it was like a ceremonial title no i was a professor <laughs> it's like i you, have that now it's like a shack with all of his honorary that's degrees. exactly what i was gonna say i was gonna, an honorary degree i wasn't gonna give the shack example but an Dr. honorary degree Adelini. is exactly what i was gonna say there are too many doctors yeah. Adelini uh, in the so world. look t- is that inconsistent on my end that I, i'm okay with some ex-players coming back but i don't want bill guys on staff is that inconsistent yeah it is bit. you think so yeah why they are Bill guys. You're the one who always says that uh, Mike Vrabel, and I disagree with this, but you're the one, and we're talking about your consistency I put Vrabel here, on the, that on puts the Vrabel coaching, in the coaching tree, is. so is Hightower in the coaching yeah. tree, too. So then why do you like it? Well, yeah, maybe I shouldn't like it. I, I'm, more, <laughs> I'm more okay with the players coming back, especially because he never coached under Bill. Like, he's not coaching under Bill. Neither did Vrabel. Okay, but Vrabel played under Bill, so coached elsewhere. Hightower. No, but Hightower's never coached, period. So It's an entry-level job. So, so he has no other connection to any other. He's not a part of anybody else's. Yeah, he's uh, gonna be. He's gonna be a bill guy. He's definitely a bill guy. He's technically a Gerard Mayo. No, and he's and he's learning from Mayo. Yeah. So maybe I shouldn't like this. I like the idea of bringing back some of the ex players, the good ones. Give me a good player, and Vrabel was a good player. So give me a good player. I'm okay you with like that. it for a little bit before you realize that you don't like. Yeah, it. maybe I should, Maybe I'm talking myself. Maybe I'm talking myself out of it. Do they like, give me that? reasons not to like this guy? I didn't like I didn't like Troy Brown. <laughs> yeah, well, I was gonna say, have they announced a receivers coach yet? No, no, and Troy Brown's out of it. Well, I, I take that back though. I was fine with Troy Brown when they gave him the job. I don't like the job Troy Brown did. So like Dante Hightower Honestly, might Hightower might suck at it. Was it the job? Was it the mid, the players that he had? You know, it, it wasn't great. Yeah, I don't think he was I don't know. Let's see. Is he going to get another job? Like to me, that would that would speak to his coaching. That does have an indication. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should talk myself out of Dante Hightower. Whatever. I find it newsy. Uh, unless we got sports talk ball sacked. Uh, Josh is up in New Hampshire. Go ahead, Josh. Hey, thanks for taking the call. Um, Orlovsky uh, needs to, in the words of Stephen A. Smith, uh, stay off the weed. There's. A, I can give you one example of one guy with a better career to start, and that's Magic Johnson. High school, NCAA, okay, and well, NBA title. No one cares about we'll the first two. His, yeah, start with his professional his career. No pro one cares. career, he won right away. No one true. cares about the first two things. Yeah. He was the finals. He was finals. He won. He he went and scored forty two points, fifteen rebounds, and uh, nine assists on the road against Dr. J. Okay, he had in his first ten years, he had five championships and three MVPs, two Finals MVPs. Yeah. So I, I'm guessing Dr. J. Professor or instructor? He was. Uh, it was ceremonial. He. Uh, he. <laughs> I, Orlovsky. Now, I think was talking about the first six years. So, like, if you want to expand it out to ten, I don't know how many. How many titles did Magic have in the first six? How many MVPs? He had three in the first six. Okay, so this would be three for Mahomes. Yeah. So, like, it's crazy. You're on weed if you say that. Uh, yeah, stay off the weed. If all of a sudden Mahomes matches him, so like, I don't know. I just, I'm not taking Mahomes over Brady in a big game. I disagree with Mad Dog on that. But to say that Mahomes is ahead of Brady's pace, 
He is. And he's on pace with Magic Johnson and guys like that. Like, I, I just think that's... Eddie Stabler! That's reality. He may not catch Brady, but let's acknowledge he's trending ahead. Exactly what Arkan said earlier. Is let's he going to be able that. to quit the strawberries? Can you really commit to this? Like, a night Is he going to rip off the camp- ends of the bananas yeah. like Brady did? Can't be in your life. Yeah, it's true. How weird are you going to get, Patrick? <laughs> How about our buddy Josh in the car? Go ahead, Josh. Hey, you guys hear me? We got you. Awesome. Uh, this one is uh, for uh, Coach Blago over there on the uh, lacrosse not being like hockey situation. It's Professor Blago. Um, profe- oh, sorry, to know his PhD. Um, lacrosse is most definitely like hockey, more more so than basketball. I see where you're coming from, but just like like hockey, you your defense doesn't come past the midline. Well, mm-hmm. unless you stay back, you run you run plays from behind the net. You have a goalie and a net. You have penalties and a penalty box, which you serve. But I see where you're coming from in the in the basketball aspect. But more basketball than hockey? You sure about that? Yes. You sure about that? Because actually when basketball was developed, the offensive concepts and the defense was developed based right, on the game of Now lacrosse. we're taking your nerd class at <laughs> – where were you again? Wellesley College. Taking your nerd class at Wellesley is what we're doing. I'm skipping this class. Uh, actually, when they invented the sport, the principles were based on lacrosse. Yeah. That's why there's screens in both. <laughs> I feel like we're over our lacrosse quota for the day. Uh, 617-779. It's a pick-and-roll heavy game. 793-7. You could jump in on Dante Hightower to the Patriots by being inconsistent. Do you like it? Uh, how are the Patriots spending their money, and who do you blame? Bill Belichick or Robert Kraft? We've gotten into Brady and Mahomes as well. Plus, Bruins with a very convincing win last night. Stanley Cup back on? Hmm? Back let's, on. Let's get to it next. Rubenstein Law Studios, 1-800-BOS-LEGAL. This is WEEI. Take Jones and Mego wherever you go. Just tell your smart speaker, hey, Alexa, play EEI, play Jones. <laughs> this is Jones and Mego. Yeah, I hate Jones, Alexa, on WEEI. Do you consider this the uh, best performance of the year given the context of the game? Um... <clears throat> It's not our best performance. Marshawn scores! Um, you know, and I think the next time we go into Vancouver, we're going to see a, a much different team. Heinen, a break, and he scores! Um, you know, uh, I know it's it was first place in the West against first place in the East. Two short hit is in a broken stickle. Zaka! I understand uh, the question. I, I, it didn't have that kind of feel to it, the intensity of the game. Scores! Two goals in the first 49 seconds of the second period, and the Bruins are blowing Vancouver's doors off. Phew! I wasn't sure where Jack was going with that one. <laughs> Holy smokes. You forgot to say away. <laughs> I was like, dump it, dump it, dump it, dump it, dump it. Okay, they're, they're doors off. And the Bruins are blowing oh, Vancouver's God. doors off. Hey, oh, phew. Whoo. Button gets stuck back here sometimes. Close that's, one, that's Jack. My mistake. <laughs> Bruins get a convincing win last night. I uh, disagree with the text line, 37937. Nice pick on the Bruins last night, Jones. Uh, that was Arcan. That was me. That was Arcan. Can't win every single bet, you know. Oh, I mean, I definitely don't. I just I don't want to be blamed for picking against the Bruins. I really shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I've had a I've had a pick yet this week, or hit a pick yet this week. I was getting scolded for that uh, a lot. 
Oh, last on social media. I got tweets about it. I'm getting yelled at in the Twitch chat. <laughs> Been, it's been a you know day. Listen, it's the how's worst that, pick ever. I how's guess. that feel? I have no idea how that feels. How's that feel, Arcan? Pretty good. If you want all the time, you wouldn't call it gambling. You'd have to call it something else. <laughs> true. Oh my god! What? John in the car is on Twitch chat and he's calling you budget Eminem today. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like the look. I guess not. I haven't, I haven't worn a hat in quite some time. I've, I felt I felt good about where my hair was at. It was a little. Uh, was it was I wasn't feeling it today. Your hair was like really high yesterday. Yeah, it had a lot of volume is, yesterday. Is, is, is this your way of I, saying too much? I was going to say something to you, but it was a bouffant. <laughs> is what you were rocking yesterday? Yeah, I've n- I have not seen it that high up. It I went, just thought you were really excited about the show, so I little, let you go. Went a little extra high up. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, maybe that's why I scaled it back to budget Eminem here today. It was like Matt Grow level. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> four-hour no, conversation yesterday, and that's all she was thinking while she was Who's the guy staring at you? Like, who's the guy on the Warriors who's, who's now running Johnny the... Johnny Bravo? Remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, who, what you look Who's like. the guy running the uh, Commanders now? Bob Myers. Yes. Yeah, he has big yeah, hair. He's got some high hair. He has a uniformly big hair. Uh-huh. You had a bouffant. Is that what it is? Like, is that yeah. the correct way you to refer like to it? You had like a big wave. A pompadour. Yeah, the, yeah, that's, the yeah, con- yeah. that's the Conan word for it, right? Yeah, yeah you yeah, had yeah, a pompadour. Yeah. Like it was a big nice. wave at the front of your head. All right. Well, enough about my look. Uh, 617-779-7937. <laughs> check that out. Uh, check that out on <laughs> Twitch.tv <laughs> if you could. <laughs> we need a side-by-side. Yeah, put them side-by-side. You put know side what? Put them side-by-each. Slim Shady does not look well in that picture. Yeah, I'm going to give myself an advantage. I give Edge Jones on this one. He's still got the edge, no offense. You think so? I, he looks terrible there, though. He kind of <laughs> looks like Ellen on a bad day. <laughs> well, hang on. Wait. Even Eminem at his ugliest is better looking <laughs> yeah, than you. Yeah. Even gross-ass, <laughs> gaunt, pilled-out Eminem looks better than you, Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take it the wrong way. <laughs> I disagree no with this. I, I'm giving my I'm I'm giving myself the advantage over Eminem. We at least, need, we at need least that side picture. By side. Yeah, That's give me that. What we need. Give me that again. Give me that again, if you could. I look worse than that. That's what you're telling me. That definitely melts in your hand and in your mouth. <laughs> Zeke, give me that picture again. That's advantage me. He's just got really good bone structure. That's I don't advan- know what you want me to say. That's advantage me. That's not bone structure. That's, you know. What? What, what is it? You think he has plastic surgery? I think uh, he may have had some more. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, really? You don't think so? He's the one cool cele- He's that. the one celebrity who didn't. I thought he was he's like too one. real for that. Have plastic surgery. He does. No, Eminem's too real for that, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. Yeah, he would never. I'm going with Advantage Jones. Yeah, ex- exactly. I look like I've had a few more sandwiches. I agree. Thank you. I've, I, oh. I, I look like I've had a few more it's sandwiches. It's like the first time anyone said that to you in five years. No, but I mean, me versus nobody's accused you of having sandwiches. Me versus M and M makes me look like you know I'm not uh, emaciated. One guy so eats a lot of M and M's. The other one is M. <laughs> makes you look like Matt Patricia. A lot of people don't know this, but Jones has uh, Jones has done M and M's music. That's true. I what have. do you mean you've it's done very, Eminem it's very, music? It's very difficult. The, uh, uh, the, the real G. Willikers. The real G. Willikers yeah. was a, uh, was a big hit over at, over at the other station. It was. It was very, very, very difficult and took far too much time. Yes. Uh, if you closed your eyes, you weren't sure if it was Jones or Eminem. It's true. You were, very, you were very confused. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I'm sure uh, subscriptions to Twitch.tv uh, are through the roof right now. Uh, 617-779-793. Acorn says, does Eminem schedule his sex for the week? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. There's no way. There's no way. I, I stand by what I said yesterday. I'm taking sex scheduler as a label over uh, you know, freak, freak. freak a leak. Yeah, but he's probably in the freak category if I had to uh, if I had to guess. Uh, let's see. Charlie is on the Cape. Why don't you get us back on topic here, Charlie? Hey guys, how you doing? Good. Um, so I just wanted to say, you know, everybody's like, oh, 
um, you know, Mego's the hot cutie of this whole show, but I want to give a take to what I think is a great person, which is unfiltered Arcan. Because filtered Arcan is boring. Unfiltered Arcan, who said yesterday, you guys were in a big, huge debate, and unfiltered Arcan said, yeah, you know, Joe, it's like, I'm only saying this because you're reading a D-bag, you know, Jones. And so I just want to, like, give a professional development career expectation and recommendation. That was unfiltered edgy. That was unfiltered edgy, Arcand? Be unfiltered, Arcand, because filtered Arcand is boring, but unfiltered is the ball. So just do that, man. Thanks, Charlie. It's a nice backhanded compliment there. Wait, so when are you filtered? I need to know. The rest of the time, I guess, when I'm not Because I, I talk you to you D-bags. a lot off air, and I find you boring then. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I love you, Arkan. Don't it's get mad good. like the time I called you Templeton. It's a good All right, shut point. up! <laughs> Jesus! Jesus! It's a good point by the Twitch chat. Unfiltered Arkan got him suspended. It's a good point. It's true. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's unfiltered. Un- that's unfiltered. Yeah, no, that 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 is unfiltered Arkan. I can yell at you guys more if that's what the audience gaseous, is crazy. Gaseous waste. Seems like it is. <laughs> well, no, you guys I mean, know who Lorena Bobbitt is? <laughs> they just like when you dunk on us. Want me to really start calling you name? I can do that. I mean, he, when he's breaking out the big guns like D-Bag, my goodness. <laughs> like, the whoa. People, the people have spoken. There's a regular stern over there. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the edginess. I didn't Triples realize. Triples his breast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, who else has the courage to say triples his breath? Right? Who has the courage to ask Linda's pals about Lorena Bobbitt? You're horny. Let's do it right at my pony. Edgy. Right. We, we, Edgy stuff. Maybe we'll get to the Bruins someday. Whatever. Uh, the Bruins destroyed Vancouver last night. Soccer! Stanley Cup back on. I agree. Oh, no. Speaking of edgy, that was Jack last night. That's That was edgy. Mm. That was... You've been accused of the jinx, though. Jinxing yeah, I'm Patra. Not af- I'm not afraid of it. I'm not af- I'm no, a- I've been accused Patra. of jinxing Patra? Yeah. Why am I getting blamed for that? Because you said that he was going to be the Bergeron replacement. Yeah, he was. And now he's injured. They don't miss Bergeron. Like that, is that- so the whole team is the Bergeron replacement. No, but just, am I, was that take wrong? Um, I mean, it's early. It's we'll not see. early. They have the best record. They just drubbed Vancouver last night. Yes. That's not what they did. And the Bruins are blowing Vancouver's doors off. <laughs> I need a new keyboard. It's incredibly unprofessional. Come I mean, on. I don't. I that like. If what are you we want, doing? Go ahead and blame me for Patra. <laughs> Unfiltered Jack. Go ahead and blame me for Patra, but you have to give me credit for the other half of that take, which is they don't miss Bergeron. So I'll, I'll take I'll take blame for jinxing Patra. That's fine. Are you afraid to say they're going to win the cup? No, I'll say they'll win the cup. I have a different I have a different um emotional tie. I think to they're going to make it and then lose to Vegas. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So that would be that really would be a nightmare. What do you mean? That would be extremely great content. No, no, no. Of course. It'd be a nightmare for them. If they lose to Butchie, mm. that'd be a nightmare. He That's the exact kind of team that, like, And they don't trade Jake DeBrusque. Yeah, So right. Jake DeBrusque is out there. Yeah, and Jake DeBrusque just turtles when he sees Bruce Cassidy. Like, I'm not afraid of Vancouver, but you should be afraid of Vegas. I agree with Arkand on that. 617-779-7937. Patrice. You're listening to <laughs> Budget Eminem, Hot Cutie. And Stern in his prime here on WEEI. We're going to tell your feedback here coming up. And when it comes to the Patriots and their spending problems, who do you blame, Robert Kraft or Bill Belichick? That's next. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. 
As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tecovas. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. From the WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Coverage on WEEI is presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit. Solostove.com. The cash spending is a big fixation of mine. 31st last year, 27th three years prior. Have you been given assurances by Robert or others that you guys will have the freedom to spend this offseason to bring in talent and free agency? We're bringing in talent 1,000%. So... Have a lot of cap space and cash. Ready to burn some cash. Gerard Mayo on the Greg Hill Show a few weeks ago. And I wonder, I wonder if we're going to, well, we'll hold them to it. I wonder if they're going to follow through on it is what I wonder. And Mego said almost immediately after Gerard Mayo made those comments to the Greg Hill Show, is that going to be the Patriots full throttle? You make me sound like a real hater. I said that because I'm worried for Gerard Mayo here. Yeah. That that's going to come you back and worried. bite him. You should be worried. You should be worried about all things happening with this organization. Oh, that's a lot to worry about. You should be. It's a Friday. I don't want to worry like that. The Super Bowl is coming up. It's true. Uh, we gave you some thoughts on Brady and Mahomes last hour. You can jump in on that. 617-779-7937. I'm more worried about unfiltered Arcan. Now that the callers are like, unfiltered Arcan. Arcan's going to be spewing out some like disgusting, crazy crap back there. It's true. Should have heard him in that last break. <laughs> uh, 
Who do you blame for the Patriots and their lack of spending over the last decade? It's something we talked about earlier in the show. We'll circle back to it here, our big question of the day. Uh, Robert Kraft or Bill Belichick? And the reason we bring it up, Robert Kraft, kind of on the record. Mostly off the record yesterday with the Athletic, Boston Globe, and NBC Sports Boston. But he did give us some comments on the record that we'll dig into. Uh, When he was at the win yesterday in Las Vegas, he wanted to push back on critiques about the Patriots and their spending. Indicating that he won't get in the way of the team shelling out money it needs to spend to get back into contention. Quote, I know there's a perception that we've held back on spending. Uh, Let me rephrase. That we've held back on spending, Kraft said. Let me just say for our fans, that's not true. Hmm. This is starting to sound familiar. Look, we were blessed to have a coach in our system who was a great coach and also understood value. He ran a tight ship. Uh, Phil Perry, who I'm reading from here, then lists over the last 10 years, the Patriots ranked dead last in cash spending, according to ESPN, $1.62 billion. They say we've been low spenders in the last 10 years, Kraft continued, and that might be true. It is true. But we had a pretty good record, and we won three Super Bowls. Our coaches have always had the ability to spend at whatever level they wanted. Hmm. And I think Bill was always thinking about the future and really understood value. But we never held back with any of the coaches we've had over the last 30 years. They've been able to get whatever they want. If cash spending became an issue for our family and we couldn't do it, we would sell the team. Winning football games after my family is the most important thing in my life, and whatever we can do to help make that happen, we are going to do. So, to me, this is frustrating that he's holding these off-the-record meetings for the second year in a row. I wonder what that's about. Like, are the Patriots worried about Robert Kraft being out in front of cameras? Like, he did not come across great in the Gerard Mayo press conference. We talked about that at the time. He had a rough day. And so are they trying to limit that exposure and limit what's on record and what's off the record and no cameras and no recording? And we'll give you a couple answers at the end, but mostly this is on background. Or is he just trying to curry favor? Like, is that all it is? And he's trying to sway people on a, a year ago. Maybe he was turning fans against Belichick or media against Belichick. Maybe he was turning fans and media on to Mac Jones, which didn't work. I don't know what he was trying to do last year. If they were really worried about Kraft, I don't think they would have had him up there, first of all, with Bill, and then after that again by himself okay. answering questions. Like, if they you, were really scared about what do, he'd say. How do you do with the Mayo that one? That day he did okay. The Mayo one, not No, I so agree. Much, the, yeah. first, the first day he did okay. I do agree with that. That was short, I mean, though. he did stab Bill in the back, but it's not like he came off sort of out of touch or, or whatever, you know, like, yeah, he, like he did with Mayo. Yeah. You know, like the Mayo one, he seemed foggy. And so, all right. I don't like that he's doing that, number one. He's stopping just short, by the way, of calling people liars. He didn't he didn't use the L word Sam Kennedy style, but he wasn't all that far away. And so who do we blame for their lack of spending over the last decade, Mego? Do you agree with Robert Kraft? It's Bill Belichick, or does Kraft have it backwards? I have to look at these two. I want to blame both, and I think both should share a lot of the blame when you're looking over the last 10 years of cash spending. But I think... Bill Belichick is the one that was executing a lot of these decisions. So I got to blame Bill. I got to blame Bill and maybe I'll be proven wrong. I don't think I'm going to be proven wrong this offseason because I do think that it's going to be part of this Kraft's message being we're taking our franchise back and we have all this money to spend. Like they're going to be basically 
trying to kowtow to the fans and win them back any way that they can as quickly as they can. And so I think they are going to spend a lot of money and they probably aren't going to move off the number three pick. Like they probably will have a say in that because they don't want to be seen trading back for more lottery tickets or whatever Mike Florio wants them to do. <laughs> I think though, all I can go off of is is what I've seen on the record and what you see in contracts and what you've been able to see Bill do as a GM over the last many years. And he's the one who decides what guys are making. He's the one who appears to lean extremely heavily on these uh, likely-to-be-earned contracts, which, by the way, when players don't hit those and the Patriots do them way more than any other club, way more than any other franchise in the league, when players don't earn those, they roll into the next year. So then they go back to the team, and you can use them. It's not like the money just evaporates into thin air. So, real quick, do you think that's Kraft or Bill? I think that's Bill, but I think a part of it, where I say I, I want to blame them both, is that Bill was making, we know, at least north of $20 million. And I think some of Bill's approval of from Kraft, even when things weren't always as great as going to the Super Bowl every other year and winning every other year, Part of the approval was you keep our bottom line pretty low, and we're an extremely profitable franchise. Yeah, second in the NFL, as uh, we've talked about before, and we relooked up today. They're second, the second most profitable team in the NFL this past year, and yet they're dead last in spending over the last decade. So do the math on that. But I, I don't, I don't know the answer on who liked incentive heavy contracts. Was that I'm sure the Crafts had no problem with it, but was that Bill who did it? Or was that Robert and Jonathan? Is it now going to be Robin Glazer? Let's see with some of these contracts coming up. Because if those are also incentive-laden, then we're going to know. We're going to have our answer. Uh, Arkan, who's to blame? You with Mego and Robert that it's Bill's fault? Um, there's Bill shares some blame in it, yes, but I think ultimately it's Robert Kraft's fault. I think that Bill's whole thing was really kind of based off the idea that no matter what I do, no matter you know how I treat these negotiations, if someone leaves, that's okay because I can replace them, and I'll figure out a way to replace them, and I can do it on the cheap, and I can draft somebody in the sixth or seventh round, and that person will be a starter, and I'm so great, and I do this all the time, and you know just leave me alone, and I'll do what I have to do. And I think Kraft, for you know his credit in some cases, did that. He was hands off. And and it was a, a, a thing that worked. It worked because of Brady, but, I mean, it did work for a long time. So I can sort of understand the idea of, like, if it's not broke, then what am I going to spend extra and fix it for, you know, if we're winning and we're cruising along and making all these AFC championship games. But it still does fall to him when situations come up like Brady at the end or, you know, uh, other points in his career when Brady was giving uh, given bad contracts and sort of soured on the idea of wanting to stay here. I think that that all sort of has come into play in the last four years in particular. I mean, they did spend the one year, but there were other opportunities, I think, to make the roster better, to sort of improve. And I don't know if those are players that Bill would have won comfortable spending on. Maybe not. But I also think that, you know, you're the owner. If you want to if you want to spend, if you want to make this more of a priority, you can do that. And he was very, very comfortable with Bill doing the things the way that he wanted to. So, so it, it falls back on him. I, you, can't, you can't sort of shelter him from this, even if Bill did have a way of doing things. Yeah. That's, that's ultimately what really bothers me is that we never heard that Kraft had any problem with Bill uh, not spending very much Nope. when they were winning or even towards the very end until Bill got up there in front of the media and said the thing about 27th and spending on average. 
Like, this was never a conversation. In fact, it was something that they would hang their hat on to say, oh, look how much these other teams spend in free no, I mean, agency. Robert, Isn't that cute? Robert, like, half apologized when they went out and spent, like, right. crazy in 2021. He's like, I know we kind of mocked those teams, but I, I guess we're one of those teams now. And I'm paraphrasing. But, yeah, it, it's so disingenuous. And I think it's pathetic. I, I think it's pathetic for Robert to point the finger at Bill and blame him for their lack of spending. Like, that's ridiculous. You own the team, Robert. You're allowed to meddle as much as you want. You're allowed to do whatever you want. It's your team. You can tell people who to draft. You can spend as much money as you want, you know, within limits. Uh, You can spend as little as you want. You can be as hands-off as you want, but it's your team. And at the end of the day, you run it as you see fit. And so to blame Bill Belichick for the spending, the spending, the budget, he's not... He's not looking at it and going, boy, you know, Bill let Jacoby Myers go and we really miss Jacoby Myers. That to me would be more fair. Like if he wants to go in and look at a couple of specific cases and we've done this, there are cases I blame Bill for. And I think Bill was a big, big factor in Brady leaving. But Kraft needs to wear his share of the blame for Brady leaving. And he took all this credit for elegant solutions and hammering out contracts with Brady. You can't point the finger at Bill and say, well, he told me he was done. And so I let him go. Well, you're the one hammering out the contracts in the past and taking credit for it. You can't push the blame on this one. I think it's pathetic for the owner to turn around and say we're 32nd in spending because of Bill. No way. Jacoby Myers, fine. Juju Smith-Schuster and some other contracts, fine. Blame him for those. Being 32nd in spending over 10 years, he, he needs to own that. That's on him. Do you think Bill would have bristled if Kraft went to him and said, Spend more? Hey, we can dole out more here. No. Hey, we can dole out if you uh, want to go get look, so-and-so. If Robert's like, hey, here's $25 million more million you can spend on football. Bill might have spent it on 25 more players. He might have given them all $1 million. He might have not said, I'm going to get one more player. Or five, five more million. Yeah. Yeah. So or like, four defensive Bill might have done something dumb with it. I, I'm not I'm not crying for Bill. Bill deserved to lose his job. He should have lost his job. And now that Bill's out We're of a job. We're going to have eight safeties on the field. So, like, Bill, that's probably what he would have done if Robert <laughs> upped the budget. But that's a separate debate. The budget is Robert. I think Robert needs to wear that. And I think it's so pathetic and soft that he's trying to point the finger like, oh, we didn't spend. That was Bill. That was totally Bill. So you guys can vote. Our big question of the day up now. At Jones and Mego, who do you blame for spending? Are you with Robert Kraft and Mego? It's Bill's fault? Uh, or do you think it's Robert's fault? That's where yeah, Arkan that's, right. that's where Arkand and I are at. I imagine that's where Bill's at. He said as much last January. We'll that's get to obvious. that coming up with all your phone calls. 617-779-7937. Oh, and this. Let's add this as well. The Patriots have uh, some interesting things going on in their perplexing pursuit of an offensive coordinator. Uh, find out who was in the room. We'll give our thoughts on it right after trending with Arkan. Now back to Jones and Mego on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. When you look at the National Football League and the salary cap situation, um, and it's the same for all teams, um, what we try to do is we look at it over a time frame. Uh, So one year is a Polaroid snapshot, but actually there are multiple years involved and at some point the reconciliation has to come so our spending in 2020 our spending in 2021 and our spending in 2022 the aggregate of that uh, was we were 27th in the league in cash spending 
So, so a couple of years were low, one year was high, but over a three-year period, um, we're one of the lowest spending teams in the league. It's probably the beginning of the end for Bill. Owner's cheap. That's why we stink. Owner's cheap. He probably wasn't going to be coming back from that in retrospect. He's probably lucky he got the job again last year based on those comments. And now Robert Kraft says, oh, yeah, by the way, it was actually Bill. Uh, So it's our big question of the day. We've been asking it throughout the day. Up now at Jones and Mega on Twitter. Who do you blame for their lack of spending? Lots of votes on this one. 65% say Robert Kraft. It's been a rough 48 hours on this show anyway for Robert. (laughs) You know? Something different. (laughs) But it's just... I I said this before they even moved on from Bill. Like, I feel like I was saying this late in the year. It was nice for the Kraft. The Krafts have not had a bumpy ride for 20 years. Because anything that happened on the field, it never stuck to them. Rarely. I think they started getting a little bit of the lighthouse stuff last year. Sure, It was horrible. But... Because that, that's basically when the conversation, when Bill brought that up, that's when, oh, cash spending, cap spending, that's when that conversation ha- really started to pick up steam. And so, look, it wasn't, uh, they've never gotten criticism. I shouldn't say never, but it's been a long time since Robert Kraft got criticism like he's Jeremy Jacobs or John Henry. And, you know, Wick, I feel like, always kind of flies under the radar on that one, too. But Did you say Raider? I didn't mean to. Did I say Raider? I'm sorry. Radar. Uh, that's not an accent. That's just misspeaking. Uh, but I feel like they're starting to to get some of that. And maybe that's why Robert's starting to have these off-the-record convos. Like, hey, guys, it's actually that you think it's this way? That's a misconception, which is a nice way of saying it's a lie. Sam Kennedy. Maybe use that word next time. But it's not that different. Like, hey, this is a misconception. Like you don't you don't get it when you say that you're you're confused. That's that's your perception of it. So different gradations of I think the same accusation, and they don't have Tom Brady around anymore. Where if Brady throws an interception, we go, what the hell's Tom doing? And they don't have Bill out there anymore. And so now they're they're standing out there and they're getting some of this flack, and they're not popular with the fan base. And right now they shouldn't be until they do something. I stand by what I said yesterday. Like, they need to win fans back. I I don't trust them to do the right thing until they do the right thing. I want to see it. I don't like what I've seen this offseason. You know, getting Dante Hightower on your coaching staff, maybe you'll win some fans over. But largely, I don't think fans are happy with what they're doing. And they're still dealing with a lot of fans, and I think this portion of the fan base is wrong. They're still dealing with a lot of fans who wanted Bill back. They're still dealing with that. Right? Like, who was the caller we got earlier today called Robert a liar and all these other things? Because he's trashing Bill on the... Classless? Because he's trashing Bill on the way out the door? I don't agree with those fans, but they got to win them back, too. And so, yeah, I blame Robert for the lack of spending. I absolutely do. Uh, A couple more items to clear up here uh, that he said to Phil Perry, among other reporters, last night in Vegas. Uh, The Patriots are, or have, rather, $66 in cap space this offseason, according to Over the Cap. Robert said, I feel the same sense of excitement and great opportunity to hopefully position the team to be special. And I've said this to our team, who I'm very proud of, that they're working together on a collaborative basis, working hard and reaching out in a lot of areas. This is the first time in 31 years of ownership we're drafting at the position we are, 
and have a chance to get some great players and also have the cap room that we've carried over. So I hope it positions us for the next few years beautifully. I've said that to the team. It's pretty exciting. And now we've got to measure nine times and cut once. Stop me if you've heard that before. Yay, exciting measuring. Okay, so uh, he mentions the the spending. Uh, Phil does the spending that they did in 2021. Uh, Robert then says, I'm sorry about this misconception that's been out there. I think people should look at our record. We're privileged over the last 30 years to have the best win-loss record of any team in sports. We went to 10 Super Bowls. There are teams that haven't gone to one. And I can assure our fans that spending will never be held back or the reason that we don't sign players. I've actually tried to get us to sign players who maybe would have cost more, but wouldn't have been the right players or value. I, Name them. I don't know what that means. What does it mean? You wanted to sign them, but they wouldn't I'm be the right value? Well, a real housewife, Sutton from Beverly Hills. Name them. Name it. Name them. Name them players. Name them. So I don't get that. He says, I was trying to push Bill to, and now I'm kind of paraphrasing. I was trying to push Bill to spend more money, but it wasn't the right fit or value. What does that mean? You wanted to spend more money, but not so much money to get the play? What does that mean? You were willing to spend an extra million, but the player wanted 10? So both you and Bill were out on that player. Spend my money, Bill. No, Robert, I won't. <laughs> so we always leave that to the people we assign responsibility to. Again, that's blaming Bill. Arkin, who'd you think of uh, after reading that line? I thought of Lamar Jackson. I thought of him uh, right away. And, you know, he just won the MVP again last night, so he's fresh in everybody's mind. But that was a, a situation where Kraft was coming in there saying, hey, you know, Lamar Jackson wants to come here. What do you guys think about that? That'd be cool, huh? Well, it's up to Bill Belichick. If he wants him, then he, we can have him. And Lamar Jackson could be the quarterback of the Patriots. And it was right in the middle of, like, the Mac Zappy stuff. It was an interesting time to drop something like that. And then, you know, obviously it didn't happen. Uh, there was a couple of factors, I think, that probably played into it, but that's a microcosm of this entire debate, isn't it? I mean, like, yeah. who, why don't you have Lamar Jackson? Is it because Kraft didn't want to spend on him, or because Bill didn't want to give up the uh, draft capital, or because Kraft didn't want to cross the other owners, or why exactly? Like, you know, this this whole thing, I think there's some real yin and yang to it. Like, I don't think it's 100% one guy's fault and not the other's, but there's, I mean, the buck has to stop with somebody. It has to stop with Robert. So, I blame Bill for Lamar, and Arcane, you just mentioned it, but Mego, you said this earlier. Robert may not have wanted to cross his fellow owners when it I came to Lamar I think that would Jackson. have been a weird spot for him to be in. Uh, I like I don't know that, but I, I would guess that he wouldn't be super enthused about being the owner who basically crosses the line and goes to Lamar. And I know that the there were other there was another offer that came through, but I think we forget about what a weird situation that was yeah. from the league so wide look, perspective. I, I I think Bill wasn't in on Lamar. So I'll blame Bill more for Lamar, but that's an interesting way of looking at it. Would Robert have wanted to cross his other owners and be Jimmy Haslam giving out fully guaranteed contracts to other teams' players when no one wanted to do it? Owners effectively colluding against these players, which it feels like they're doing. And Robert's going to be the one to break it? Probably not. Uh, so you can weigh in on all this. 617-779-7937. Who do you blame for the Patriots and their lack of spending? Uh, it's up now at Jones and Mego. Continue to vote there. Ed's in Maine. Go ahead, Ed. Yeah, I think it was Belichick was the cheap one. Uh, the one thing he liked more than winning was winning with a whole team full of fifth-round draft picks. He didn't want any first-round diva that was going to, you know, ask for a lot of money. I mean, and he, and he was a good coach because a lot of times he was able to do it with he got from, you know, the land of misfit toys. Yeah, so, Ed, look, I – and you're breaking up a little bit, but I – think that's a fair criticism of Bill. Bill probably didn't want a lot of highly paid players. I agree with that. 
but the budget being 30 I think Bill would have liked more money to spend. How he would have spread that money out, as we said earlier, he might have spent it on 25 gunners instead of one $25 million player. So that is fair to blame Bill for. And I do think Bill, with Brady specifically, he didn't want Brady making more money than him. He doesn't want players walking around with a lot of guaranteed money because then they have job security. And if you have job security, you don't need to listen to your boss. And if your boss does something a certain way or asks you to do something a certain way, you don't need to listen. If you have money and security, you have more power than the coach. Bill didn't want that. So I do think when it comes to leverage and power, Bill cared about all that. And I think that's part of why he was a good fit with Robert. But the overall budget, 32nd in spending, second in profits, that's Robert. I mean, it's my belief. Uh, real quick, because I, I know we're going to get to something Arthur Blank said here coming up. I want to reset Burt Breer and what we played earlier, because this is staggering. And it really is a worst nightmare coming true of Jonathan Kraft and Robin Glazer running football ops. Here's what Burt Breer said last night about who was sitting in on the coordinator meetings. The really interesting nugget that I was able to pick up when I was sorting through all of this is who was in the offensive coordinator interviews. There were four people in there when they were interviewing the group that they went through and wound up landing on Alex Van Pelt with. And that was Gerard Mayo, the head coach, Matt Groh, last year's personnel boss, Elliot Wolf, this year's personnel boss, and Robin Glazer, who, of course, um, has taken a key role in negotiations for the Crafts um, in the new setup. And so it's le at least an interesting and new name added to the mix and I think confirms what some people thought, which is that she's a little bit more involved than she was before. Yeah, don't love it. Don't love it one bit. And again, all the worst fears are realized. Seth Wickersham. Wrote this, I don't know how many weeks ago. When did this uh, story come out? Uh, I'd have to double check. Uh, it was I've, five minutes before a radio show. Yeah, we I'd say like three weeks ago. Yeah, so weeks ago he wrote this. And since then, Robin Glazer has a bumping title, uh, a promotion, if a you will. A bumping title. <laughs> and now she's sitting in on meetings hiring offensive coordinators. And as Bert added, you know, it was a finance, like contracts, talking contracts, okay? Uh, here's what Wickersham wrote weeks ago. Jonathan Kraft and Senior Vice President of Business Affairs of the Kraft Group, Robin Glazer, would chat with staff off to the side, asking why the head coach had made certain decisions. The subtext of the conversation was that life in Gillette Stadium might be different soon. Belichick had a mostly loyal staff who felt pinched between their boss and ownership. Word leaked around the office that if Belichick were gone in 2024, and he is, football operations would be split between Glazer and Jonathan Kraft. Now, Mego, do you want to add reporting to this? Because you have reporting on... I wouldn't call it reporting. Well, yeah, you reached out. You reached out to people in the I know, didn't you? I reached out to someone and to ask about Robin Glazer. And I asked specifically about the number three pick because I know that just this is something that Arkan is worried about, that Robin Glazer is going to have some say in what the picks are. This person said absolutely no say in picks, zero. Okay. You buy that, Arkan? Nope. You don't buy Mego's reporting? I do not. <laughs> breaking news. Arkan. very real. Uh, breaking news. Arkan does not believe Mego's report. If she has a say in the offensive coordinator, why doesn't she have a say in the, who, the, who the draft pick's going to be? Like, I don't see too much Do you know that there. she has a say in the offensive coordinator? I know she was in the room when they were negotiating and when they were interviewing, so I would think so, yeah. Why Do you else think would that Bears was ever in the room for those things? I have no idea. Okay. But I, I know that Glazer was. was so, I, don't, okay. I mean, what else, you know? Why do you think that? Why do I think yeah. that? Because Bears was in the room for most things. Uh, negotiations with players? I don't know if he was in so, the room for all negotiations. I don't, with I don't know, but I don't think so. I don't think he was hammering. I don't think Bears was hammering out contracts. I think when Bill was hammering out contracts, Bears was getting him a coffee. 
That's what I think. Like, I, like I do not think these are analogous well, roles. Well, Berge was coming from a PR perspective, and Glazer's an attorney, and she works with compliance and all this, the, all these other weird contracts things. Contracts. Mm-hmm. So she's done contracts in the past. Now, what I think is interesting here is that Breer says this is a new person in the room, but uh, this is also a handful of all new people who are basically doing this. Unless you think Elliot Wolf was involved in previous interviews. Wolf, Grow, Mayo, Glazer. Sounds like attorneys at law. Roast sandwich, <laughs> like just a mayo that, glazer sandwich. I mean, mm. argue with Bird if you want, but that's who's in the room picking out offensive. I'm not arguing with his reporting. I believe that, but do I think that that lends me to then believe that she's going in and saying like, okay, fellas, this is who I think. What's Drake she in the room May for? If she doesn't have input, what's she in the room for? Jaden Daniels. Yes, uh, she might not necessarily say well. I want this candidate, but not this candidate. But I would not be overly surprised if she's like, well, this is how much we can pay this candidate, yeah, which right. right kind of already determines who you can get and who you can't get. Like, we have an Alex Van Pelt budget, but we don't have a Zach Robinson yeah. budget. Jonathan says to Robin Glazer, hey, uh, it's great that Nick Cayley wants $15 million. It's way too high. $5 million or something like that. But we can't pay it to him. And they're all going, man, we love Nick Cayley. Boy, he really interviewed great. And, and she's like, going, I love Nick Cayley. I really want him. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's going to be tough to finagle. Nick, you need to take $3 million or whatever. I'm just pulling numbers out of the sky. But he wants five. They can only pay him three. And he goes, cool. I'll just wait for the next head coaching opportunity to open up next year. And I'll go back to Los Angeles. I don't like forever. it. I don't like it. And I know people are trying to downplay her role. But like Wick- Wickersham said she's going to have a role in football ops. She got a boost in title, and now she's sitting in on meetings for coaches. And I have a feeling she's going to be in there signing contracts for players because that that's what Matt Patricia was doing. Matt Patricia was definitely in on meetings with players and contracts. Well, Matt Patricia turned into the Grim Reaper. His signature was on contracts with players. Some of them, not all of them, but his signature was on contracts with players. I would Along be... with a little bit of marinara sauce. <laughs> <laughs> And peppercorn rain. Sorry, yeah, my egg foo young got on the contract, Robert. <laughs> so, you know, when it comes to her, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens too. Find it. Yeah, people sign contracts. I find it with a mozzarella stick. People's, I need a pen. People Someone sign contracts pen. in blood. You know, he's signing it in marinara sauce. Uh, so, I smell garlic. This was in Matty P's office, wasn't it? So that's uh, Robin Glazer and her role, which is terrifying. <laughs> I've I've not heard this yet. Signed it with a <laughs> I've not heard this yet. But Arthur Blank was kind of uh, defending Bill Belichick. He was on a Zoom press conference with a, a bunch of correspondents. I pulled this from from Fox Five. Yeah, let's hear it. I do want to make it one thousand percent clear. But I want to go to two thousand percent or hundred thousand, whatever percent you want to use. Bill Belichick never asked for in our discussions, full control over personnel or the building or anything of that nature. He was very inclusive, very collaborative. He met Terry Fontenot. Uh, he checked out our people doing his own his own references. Uh, he sent me a private text, which I eventually shared with Terry, that he was happy working with him. So all these, I don't know whatever you want to call them, want to be kind to the media, but all of these... Uh, Thank you. Th- things that were being produced by the media, but totally not true. I don't say it to to um, to to, pa- to patronize Bill, but to be fair to him, I mean, he never had that as a requirement. He's got his history, he has a way of doing things, etc., which have been very very successful. Now you could debate, you know, is that true? The last four years or so it might be a little different picture, but you know, there's a lot of stories behind a lot of things. Our, our folks were impressed with him. Uh, I was impressed with him. 
as I want a number of the candidates. And we just felt, all things considered, for a variety of reasons, that Raheem Morris was clearly the best choice for us. Okay, do you believe any of that? That at the end they decided Raheem Morris, <laughs> that, that he was the best one? Yeah, I believe, you believe that, that part. Do you believe that Bill wasn't... Demanding all yes. the power. Yes. Um... I think the more that we, the further we get from this, the more that I think it had to do with Rich McKay, that he just would yeah. not that, and that's what it came down to. Bill wanted Rich McKay out of the picture. Yes. I agree. I, I think that's pretty much what it came down to. Flor- we were on this for weeks. Florio had this, and I just you look. I, it's not like I came up with it, but Florio had it. We were on this for weeks. Rich McKay was going to be an issue, and I, I just I refuse to believe what Arthur Blank had to say. But Arkin, let's take him at face value. Let's say Arthur Blank is telling the truth. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it, but let's say he is. Let's sure. say you do. How does that make Bill look? Horrible. I mean, that was really the last excuse, wasn't it? The last excuse as well. The reason why Bill didn't get any job offers is because he wanted total control, and he needed to have all this power and all these people come in and reshape the entire front office and get rid of the analytics and all this stuff's going to happen. And <clears throat> if none of that's true, if Bill was just going to come in and be the coach and they decided, no, nah, we're good with Raheem Morris and no one else would give him an interview, and that's the case and. All of these places, like he didn't ask for that anywhere, and it wasn't sort of out there in the in the ether that if you talk to Bill, he's going to want all these things. If it was just him to be the coach and no one wanted just that, then it makes him look like a worse coach. That's yes. the worst possible outcome for Bill. At least with this, there's some built-in excuse. It may be bullcrap, but uh, you know, there's the excuse of well, he wanted all this power. Next year, he might not want that. Next year, if this is the case, next year no one's going to want him either. So look, I don't believe Arthur Blake. I don't know what he's trying to do. He said, I'm not trying to placate Bill. Maybe you're not. Maybe Arthur Blank just doesn't want to look like he is a meddling owner and he wants all the control and he refuses to give it to a coach. If I had to guess, that's probably what Arthur Blank is doing. Just like Robert is petrified of looking like a meddling owner, Arthur Blank doesn't want to look like he meddles, even though most of these owners do. And it's their right to do it, just I don't know why they're so afraid to get attached to it. If he was trying to do Bill a solid, he didn't. No, and so, look, I don't believe him, but maybe you do. Maybe you say, oh, look, this is what Arthur Blank said. Arkan's right. That means they chose Raheem Morris, the coach, over Bill Belichick, the coach. What does that say about Bill? Nothing good. So, Bill might have overplayed his hand. He might have wanted too much money, too much power. But the worst alternative is, yeah, no, we looked at you on your merits as a coach. And you're old and outdated and not very good at it, and we prefer Raheem Morris. Like, that's a real slap in the face when you really break it down. 617-779-7937. We'll get back to all your feedback here coming up. And we have Triple Play next. From the Rubenstein Law Studios, 1-800-BOS-LEGAL. This is WEEI. It's going to be a triple play. It's time for the Triple Play. Yes! Triple Play! The top three burning questions of the day. And there's three. Jones and Mago. Triples is best. Triples is best. Triples is best. Triples makes it safe, and you can treat your Valentine at the 99 restaurants February 13th and 14th and enjoy delicious menu specials like the lobster topped haddock or the New York strip and lobster casserole combo. You gotta love the nines. Can I just ask a question? What? What is, what is it about this segment that one of you two are never ready? One, one of you two are just I've never ready. ready. What are you talking You're about? Squawking on your open microphone just now. I was? Yes. What did what did you hear? I don't think anything bad, but you were just. But I just, think I just made a face. No, I'm trying to stretch. Just a face. That's all. That's I'm all. I definitely right. heard something. I thought yeah. it was you, Jones. No, I'm trying it was to not up there. my mileage right now, and it's like I can feel it in the hips. Your I'm like a mileage? big dog. Yeah, you know my running mileage. Right, so so I, I'm doing like a little. I'm doing a little 
stretch right now. But answer the question. Why is somebody, why, why are you two never ready for this segment? What I am. Two? I'm totally ready. What are you talking about? I have never missed my cue one time. <laughs> Arkan uh, runs Joe. in last second and Mego's, that Mego's talking coming Joe, back can from I break. start missing cues? Can I just you know, <laughs> hang out? Just oh, dead like silence. you've never done that, right? I never have. You did that like two weeks ago. No, I have. I've never seen it. It's never happened. I've, I've never, it. I've never witnessed it. It's fill in the blank Friday, so let's fill in our first blank. Number one. All right, the uh, 2025 first timers. A shut up, Mago. On the NFL Hall of Fame ballot are out. Here is the list. I'll give it to oh, you quickly. Uh, Eli Manning, Luke Keekley, Vinatieri, oh, Terrell Suggs. I'm just going for uh, for the Cape Cod audience right now. That's all this is. Uh, Terrell Suggs, Marshall Yonda, Marshawn Lynch, Earl Thomas, Joe Staley, Demarius Thomas, Akib Talib, Vernon Davis, Darren Sproles, and Cameron Wake are the first timers on the NFL ballot. Give me two names, blank and blank, Mego. Most worthy of getting in i go <laughs> i'm gonna infuriate people i go with eli manning okay. and marshawn lynch uh first of all i just really want marshawn lynch's speech uh for that reason alone mm. i'm writing him in and eli manning I, I i feel like i'm done having any debate as to whether eli manning is going to be a hall of fame quarterback or not he beat the patriots twice okay he beat the greatest dynasty okay. in sports i agree twice. He'll, i agree he'll get in the question is worthy of getting in yeah you think he's I, worthy? I think he is okay this is where i would break from you but keep going okay that's it okay i i don't think eli's worthy but i agree he's gonna get in like if you think eli manning's not getting into the hall of fame you're nuts he'll get in and he might be a first ballot hall of famer I think that's stupid. I don't think he's worthy of it, but he's going to get in. So I honestly think there's one name. I'm going to give you two, but that's only because that's the requirement of the question. I would limit it to one. The Jones Hall of Fame would put in one Hall of Famer next year. It's Vinatieri. That's it. That's the only one on the list that's worthy and deserving. I would also add Terrell Suggs, and I don't even want to do that, but if I have to put in a second name, I would add Terrell Suggs. Eli Manning? Luke Keekley, Marshall Yonda? Marshawn is Marshawn Lynch a top all-time running back? Yes. No. Mm-mm. Yes. I don't. Right, Arkan, are you with me on this? I wouldn't say that. Yonda's yeah. probably a better all-time player. Uh, maybe than against this offensive lineman. I don't care. I'm gonna go ahead and throw back this Caesar salad with these croutons and all this. Sh- like, though, oh, right? is that Marshawn when he goes to Fridays? I think it was. Yeah. Marsh- or was it Applebee's? That's Marshawn. Go ahead, take me a nice fat. Sh- get my stomach all right now. Oh, Marshawn unfiltered. Like s- some of the best ever. So look, I. You're right, Mego. His speech would be incredible. Like it'd be, it'd be a great time to watch him go in. I don't think he's deserving to get. I'd put one in. But if you if you're forcing me to pick a second name, Terrell Suggs. All right, let's get to our second fill in the blank. Number two. The NFL awards were uh, given out last night in Vegas. The least deserving NFL award winner last night was blank Jones. C.J. Stroud. Now listen to what I'm saying. He was the least deserving of Rookie of the Year. I would start a team with C.J. Stroud in a heartbeat, but. He didn't have the best rookie season, not even close. Puka Nakua shattered records for rookie receivers. C.J. Stroud didn't set any records. They were both on playoff teams. So Puka went out and broke Jamar Chase's rookie record. He broke all long-standing rookie record for receiving. He broke Waddle's uh, receptions record, which he just set like two years ago. So, yeah. like, I just he had the best rookie season we've ever seen for a receiver. C.J. Stroud had a great rookie season for a quarterback. But it wasn't an all-time rookie season for a quarterback. So, to me, Puka Nakua had a better rookie year for the Rookie of the Year award. I'm not taking him to start a team over C.J. Stroud. I'd rather have C.J. Stroud on my team 100 times out of 100. I would take the quarterback over the receiver. But the most deserving for that award, I thought that was Puka Nakua. And I'm shocked. I think 
Stroud got 48 out of the 50 votes or something like that. Brady. You see, Brady was one of the voters. Tommy Curran. Ben Volen. Some of the other names that were on there. I think you screwed this one up. Stroud did not deserve that award. Uh, comeback player of the year. Joe Flacco. Oh, I like it. Oh, I'm sorry. You came back and got freaking blown out by a rookie in the wild card? Okay. Like, Mac Jones took a team to the wild card round. So who should have won What are we doing here? Damar Hamlin, the man left our plane of existence. Yeah, and got stuffed and on a fourth down play. Okay, he came back and played on the field. Nobody's done that before. Joe Flacco, there's plenty of freaking quarterbacks I I, who think, looked washed and then came back and were able to play in a wild card game. Yeah, I think athletes have come back from what DeMar Hamlin's come back from, but but fine. I just, if we're holding... For if being we're, dead? Yeah, if we're seeing... <laughs> on the field? The sa- no, the, sa- the same uh, issue that and he had. And playing in the NFL from. again? Who yeah, else has done that? I don't know if it was the NFL. I said athletes, but I, I, I've seen that happen before. But if we're holding him to what he did on the field, he didn't do much. He was mostly a healthy scratching out stuffed on fourth down. He lived and played again. <laughs> okay. I don't, I, <laughs> he had I, a hell of a lot more than Joe That's a hell of Flacco. an injury report to be. I'm fine with Flacco. Flacco came back and actually did something. By your logic, he overcame. It's it's the CJ Stroud logic. He overcame the greatest thing to come back from, which was dying on the field. Yeah, but he didn't do anything when he got on the field. Uh, it's not. That's not my he same logic. He was like a primetime player before, though. Yeah, I think he played less this year, if I'm not mistaken. I have no problem with, with Joe Flacco. Would Flacco play five games? Yeah. Did Hamlin play more than Hamlin five games? Hamlin played five games. No, Hamlin played five games. That's it? Hamlin also got more first-place votes than Flacco did, too. So That's true. Out the voting. Flacco got like uh, more second and third, and the, 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 it added up yeah. and tallied to... So stupid. I saw you... Okay, so wait a minute. I thought I saw you tweeting last night, Arkan, about Stefanski. Didn't he win an award? Oh, maybe that was a draw. They had the same amount of points. Demico Him and Demico Ryan should have won yes. Coach of the Year. Okay, I'd probably go with that one too. Mm, I like Stefanski. Uh, you would. That's well, you do. That would have been uh, your vote there. Uh, was there anything else I didn't like? Stefanski is a close one. Oh, you know what? I just I thought he shouldn't have won MVP over Lamar. I thought McCaffrey should have got more votes. Yeah. And, and look, I I'm okay. I'm like the number one quarterback over everything guy. But it is stupid that it's, it only turns into quarterback votes for that award, right? Yeah. Not just that. I mean, Jackson almost was unanimous. So. No, he got, and the other vote yeah. was Josh Allen, I believe. Right. So, like, McCaff- McCaffrey was on an awesome team. He had an awesome year on an awesome team. Like, he, he should have got some votes. I'm not saying he should have won it over Lamar or maybe even gotten more votes than Josh Allen. But I'm surprised that was so skewed to Lamar is what I would say. All right. Let's get to our third fill-in-the-blank. Number three. Uh, it has been announced that Alicia Keys is going to be joining Usher in the halftime show. But this Whoa. question is about Usher, Ooh. not Alicia Keys. We can maybe do a bonus question. Uh, Usher's best song, Mego is blank confessions part two now if you ever listen to confessions part one it's just usher like talking and giving his confessions Uh so you actually have to look for part two part two is the actual song and that's where he's explaining you know what i was confessing in that before oh my god that girl is expecting my baby and now i had to go tell my main girl about it and if you watch the video he's in a car the whole time he's in the backseat of the car just like racked with guilt being like how am I going to explain this to you the woman that I love this is one of the greatest songs ever come on this is one of the best songs ever and I'm not like a huge huge R&B person ever, this is one of the best songs of even, all time not even Usher's best song this is Usher's best song Arkin. Yes, this is a top five Usher song. Tell it, then I gotta tell it all. It's not in my top five. It wouldn't be in my top five either. It's not in my top five. It's not even a top five Usher song. It's not even a top five Usher song. Yes, it is. Well, that's well, the best subjective. Well, you're out. Yeah, but you're out. On, but on this show, you're being downvoted. It's not even a top five Usher song. Well, it's a great song of all time. Well, you guys have bad taste. 
I just go with yeah. Plain and simple. That's his what? best song. That's, biggest biggest that, song. That, that is a basic bitch that right is there. a terrible <laughs> answer. What's oh gonna, my god. What's gonna light up the Super like What's gonna light right up now? the Super Bowl halftime show? I'm sweating show? now because I'm embarrassed for you. Okay. That's such a bad let's see, let's see who's let's see who's into what song people are more into at the Super Bowl halftime yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That or my confessions part two. I like my way. She likes it my way. Uh, oh my god, my you know. That's a good oh one. God, I like that one too. That would also be my top five over confessions. Number one, part two. What's your number one? Part two Stop naming so songs. Good. What's your number my one? My number one is Love in This Club. I oh, want to make I Love like in that. This Club. That's a good one, too. Uh, that's a, that is a good one. That's why that it's a dirty right. song. Jeezy has to come out and do the rap break, too. Ooh. And also, uh, Bad Girl. Bad Girl, if you ever been in a. What's Bad Girl? Bad Girl is. I don't you're even the usher, know that. You're song. the usher expert. Bad Girl. Can we hear Bad Girl? I think that's maybe. Are we allowed to, or is this like No, no, Bad Girl's okay, yeah. What did she do? Oh, she did. Well. What she didn't just, she do? He's calling out to bad girls. Are you? Mego's been looking forward to this halftime show for like a year. She thinks we haven't done this topic before. She's like, we need to do this in triple play. She you thinks we literally had this exact same exactly. rant about yeah. confessions part Thank two. You. We've, oh, we've, really? Yeah, we've How had, we've talked about so this before. Right. When it got announced. Really, yeah. really want yeah, to like tell Mega, people about Mega, confessions Mega part two. She like blacked out when we had this conversation. She was so excited and like fanning herself. when I got that phone call. Over Usher. We've had this conversation. She's like, we need to do this. I don't know what to do, but to give part two of my confession. Is this even going to be a good halftime show? Arcan? I don't think he's even going to do this song. I know, yeah, I yeah. right? Because it's not yeah. a top five song, right? Yeah, right. He's probably not going to do that song. He probably won't do Bad song. Girl either because it wasn't like a big hit. But can he we do hear it. Bad Girl? Um, sure. Yeah, here we go. Oh. This song comes on in the strip club. You're about to get a show. Let me just say. <laughs> it's true. My so I so I've been told. <laughs> oh, you've seen Wiggy video knows what I'm of. Talking about. I don't know this song, but I don't pretend I don't, to be. An, I don't know. This I don't pretend song. to be an usher expert, so I don't know this song. But uh, is this like a strip club exclusive song? No, this was on. Uh, I forget what album this was. Yeah, was this, this was on confession? confession. Yeah, it was. It was on confession. It's on the album you like. Yeah. You make me wanna. That's a great that's, one. That's also that a great If you want great some early one. usher, that's actually a good usher song. But actually, that's actually a good song. Unlike this one. But uh. I think Pregnant Rihanna is going to be a better halftime show than this. Oh, That's no what I way. think. And that halftime show stunk. And no I love way. I love Rihanna, but that halftime show stunk. Her waddling around stunk. This that, <laughs> Usher's going to dance a little. It's extremely be, rude. That'll be better than this. No, no. Usher will, Usher will move around and dance. And that's fine. I like that in a halftime show. I don't just want you standing there waddling around. Alicia Keys, too. But So Alicia Keys might redeem it because Alicia Keys is greater than Usher. Yes. Mm. No? Alicia mm. Keys greater than Usher? Yes. Yeah, I'd say so. She's okay. more talented. I got to be in the mood for Alicia Keys. You know? Like, I can listen I, to Usher whenever. I got to be in, like, a specific Alicia, Alicia Keys kind of mood. Why? I don't know. I don't like that song of hers with Jay-Z. I don't know. I just That New York song sucks. <laughs> okay. That song's stupid. That's not even, like, one of her biggest hits. <laughs> That's one of her biggest hits for sure. Empire That's State. a Jay-Z song. Well, well, so okay, but she's, she's in it. It's a big hit. I, but I, so I'm kind of split on this. Meg right. It's a Jay-Z song, but she's probably most well-known. She's known for it. Yeah. This is probably the number one song she's known for. This song doesn't suck. No, she's definitely more known for. That no, I'm in trouble. girl is on fire. And that song sucks, too. I don't like that, that song, either. That girl is okay, on fire. Okay, so you fire. just don't like Alicia Keys is what we're finding out. You I don't guess, like Alicia yeah. Keys. I don't think this is going to be a great halftime show. I'll come in and tell you if I'm wrong. If Usher puts on a show and I like it, I'll is tell it you. Is it that girl or this girl? This girl is on fire. That 
girl is on fire. 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 <laughs> Beavis and Butthead for the halftime show. That's about uh, the Patriots lighting uh, uh, cash on fire is what that's about. Ooh, They're burning nice cash. One. Yes, thank you. Uh, 617-779-7937. I'm happy we could have our same usher conversation again from six months ago. Almost word for word. I'm happy that was such an urgent conversation. Oh, my God, no. We should talk about who the Bruins are going to play in game seven. Yeah, I, th- I think I like Arkan's question. Mego demanded that question was redacted from the show. I like that question better, Arkan. Uh, we'll continue with all your feedback here coming up. Let's get back into, uh, well, more of the Patriots. And that would include uh, ex-Patriots, I should say. Uh, Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl chasing down Tom Brady. You're not going to like the national conversation. We'll do it next. From the Rubenstein Law Studios, 1-800-BOS-LEGAL. This is WEEI. From the WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Big game coverage on WEEI is presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit. Solostove.com. Greeny, if he wins Sunday, it's the greatest start to a career in the history of sports. Not just the NFL, but the history of sports. All those guys that you have mentioned, that's not the ultimate team game. Football's the ultimate team game. And for him to have that many championships this early in his career on top of those MVPs, it would be the most impressive start in the history of the game. And I think it would make him one step closer to that conversation of the greatest of all time. Tom has that. We all know that. Patrick's the best player that I've ever seen, but to get into that conversation of greatest all time, I've, I've always felt he's got to get five, and everyone is going to matter. So this would be the greatest start in the history of, of sports for a quarterback or for anybody. And the fact that it's gotten to this point is remarkable. I'll never get tired of watching Dube. I don't like people talk like that. I'll never get tired of watching Dude. I guess people have Chiefs fatigue. I guess that's what he's pushing back at. I know Patriots fans do, but is there national Chiefs fatigue? Okay, Patriots fans. You don't get to talk about other people being (laughs) fatigued. Fatiguing teams. I'm so tired of watching this team win their two Super Bowls. God, it's like they're in the Super Bowl every other year. It's so boring. So, I look, I'm largely for... I'm all for rooting against teams that, like, are dynasties. I just... I don't really get that. I do. Why? Did you like the Jordan Bulls when you were a kid? I hated the Jordan Bulls. Yeah, I did. I thought they were extremely cool. I hated the Cowboys. I hated... Well, I hate the Cowboys differently. Notre Dame. You know, like, I I hated... You you can... I'm not offended. I I hated teams like that when I was a kid. And so... I I don't don't mind that. I just... I don't think the Chiefs are there yet, right? Like, we... Patriots fans are going to be babies, and if the Chiefs win three and five, they're going to be like, oh, not a dynasty... But like that will the third will cement a dynasty, not an, again like nebulous dynasty talk. But two and four right now, not a dynasty. So how about this? They add a third dynasty, and so then I would get fans rooting. I don't really get the fatigue yet. I think they need one more, and then I would get it. It will be a dynasty with a third. And I was reading an athletic article that came out today. Oh, forgive me, I don't know the author. It wasn't. What really, you set aside like an hour, hour and a half? It wasn't. It wasn't super newsy. <laughs> they talked to Brewski about the similarities between the Patriots and the Chiefs in the early years of the dynasty. And one thing that Brewski did say that they talked about back then as uh, the last team that won back to back was they talked almost immediately about what if we get three in a row? What if we can get three in a row? And that's where I think. 
you start to see something a little different where right now Patriots fans can say they have two Super Bowls. They're so far away from Brady and they're so far away from what the Patriots did. But if they to jump way ahead, but hey, the Super Bowl is coming, like to jump way ahead, if, if they, they got three, three in, a in a row, then it starts to, I think, become seriously personal. Oh, yeah. It's something that's never been done in the sport. Yeah. And so the Patriots went to three straight, right? 16, 17, 18, but they never won three in a row. No one's won three in a row. And so, no, I, I heard Fourier talking about this the other day. This is what I thought you were going to say. It's interesting mm-hmm. Brewski said that. Fourier said he's feeling a little territorial about being the last team to win back-to-back. Patriots are the last team to win back-to-back, mm-hmm. 03-04. And he feels a little territorial about that. He's like, we're the last team. Anytime a team wins and they're trying to repeat, we come up. He's like, I'm a little, I don't know if territorial is the word he used. That's the word I'm using for Need it. a new boiler? But that was the, that was the <laughs> message. And it's like, right, no one, just to, on that level, the page. Oh, the Chiefs. They'll never be the Patriots. Well, they're already doing. So- if they win on Sunday, they're already doing something. No team since the early Brady pa- and the Brady Patriots could never replicate it. They're doing something no team since the early Patriots has done. And so already, it's like, yeah, you can say they're not ever going to be the Patriots, but they're doing Patriots things. And so that's where it would be at. And just to cement the idea that the Chiefs would be a dynasty for any babies that want to push back on that. The Patriots won three in five years, right? 14, 16, 18. Mm-hmm. And they didn't win any back-to-back in that second portion of the dynasty. And no players outside of Brady were around uh, for the early portion of it. So if you want to call that second part of dynasty, you have to give the Chiefs this. They would have won three in five years and two back-to-back. I think three makes a dynasty. I don't know why you would argue against that. Well, so, Arkan, do you agree with Mego? Say your, your, your strategy here, or your, not your strategy, your defense of winning three. This is a, this is a Washington football team thing. What do you mean? Oh, you want me to give my take on Washington football having a dynasty? Yeah, because they they have three. But over how many years? What what was it? It was... 11? Yeah. Was it 80 and then they won again in 91? Was it three over 11 years, I think? 92. 92? Whatever it was. It was like something like a decade. I'd have to double check it. 82 to 91. Okay, so it's nine years. So I had that wrong. So nine years. Is that three and nine? Is that a dynasty, Arkan? You watch what you're going to say here. Same coach. Um, Three different quarterbacks. They made another one, right? In that time is, that they lost, I think. Why did you say it like that? Yeah, they made another one and they lost. So they went to four Super Bowls. Well, they won to, three. Do? Well, I don't know. I mean, that adds. He's to it. trying to think like, about how consistently good the team was. Yeah, um, not a dynasty. So I say I'm with Mego. I, I'm with Mego on this. I think that's a dynasty. Arkan's just trying to be rude. He's trying to be unfiltered, Arkan, because he thinks that that's what the listeners want to hear. <laughs> yeah, that was a real edgy take. I just it was had. <laughs> yep. three your, Super Bowls in nine Washington, years. Washington is not a dynasty. You d bag. <laughs> Said unfiltered Arkin. Like, nah, nah, I don't really care. Nah. <laughs> Give me another. They example. never should have changed their name, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bow down to the woke mob. Cancer culture. Yeah. How's that? Let me know. That was that was good. Oh no, it's unfiltered Arkan. So I'm with Mego. Three and nine years. I'll I'll give that a dynasty. That's that's like stretching the limits of it, though. You can at least acknowledge that. It's stretching. That's yeah. stretching the limits. Okay. Uh, give me a, another example of the national discussion on Brady and Mahomes. This is Mad Dog. I, I don't agree with this. Let me hear this. Listen, even if Purdy plays well, I don't know how the game isn't about Mahomes. He is the greatest quarterback for at least one game that I've ever seen. You know he's going to play well. The Tampa one three years ago was about the offensive line. They fell apart. Mahomes is going to play a big-time game. Played well against, obviously, Allen. What are you looking at me that way for? Did you just walk back a hot take you had on first take last week? No, my hot take was Mahomes, the greatest quarterback of all time. I've said that a thousand times. And now today, we're out here in Vegas. Maybe you just bet your money somewhere else. And you just said to me, 
he's the best Big quarterback game. we've seen for one game. Okay, you want me to say the career? I, I'll say the career. I think he's better than Brady. If I had a game to win right now in his peak, I'm taking Mahomes over Brady. Just the worst. Take shrapnel flying in your face. You're like, wait a minute. I wasn't having that argument. I was having a different argument. I, I wouldn't go as far as Mad Dog on that. Whether Mahomes wins or not on Sunday, I don't care. He got care. cornered on that. Yeah, and he had to he had to say something he didn't want to say, that now he's going to have a lot of trouble walking back. It's not Gail Gillingham. So, who? So when it comes to... <laughs> it's not Jerry Kramer. <laughs> so when it comes to one game, I, that won't change on Sunday for me. I'd take Brady in one big game over Mahomes. Absolutely. That, that won't change for me. Co-sign. But to say, to say Mahomes is ahead of Brady's pace, that's just a fact. Well, if you looking at the MVPs and assuming that he's going to win... And he's, and he's been to, to use Arkan's logic with Washington in the 80s. They, he's been to an additional Super Bowl. That's a strange one. And he's in the AFC title game every year. So Brady now are, missed, are, are we crediting Brady for all the Super Bowls Brady missed. Brady missed the playoffs. No, well, but we were talking about a nine-year span, and if they had other Super Bowl appearances, I think that that, you right. know, that counts for all something. All right, unfiltered Arkan. Pipe it's weird because out of all this, like, Arkan was the one that was alive for all that time. It's true. <laughs> I didn't consider him a dynasty. The first, the first Super Bowl well, I, I remember. Seven years old. The first Super Bowl I remember was Mark Rippon. That's the first Super Bowl I remember. I don't remember Giants and Bills. Who but were I, you rooting for? I I don't even think I was conscious enough to have a rooting interest. I don't recall. I really don't. Okay, I choose to believe you. I don't. I just remember. I just remember watching that Super Bowl and being like, "Oh, this is what the Super Bowl." Please is don't about. bring up Washington football in front of unfiltered Arcan. <laughs> Yeah, it never, gets very political. It makes me uncomfortable. I just want to talk say sports. Word we can't it's, it's, say. Yeah, this is like an angry uncle. That Snyder got a bad rap, man. He wasn't that bad. <laughs> Snyder was cool. I don't see why he got canceled by the woke mob. <laughs> All right, I have a feeling our next caller loves unfiltered Arcan. This is our buddy John in the car. Go ahead, John. Oh, yeah. Good Good luck with uh, Lucky Strike the uh, the rest of the 5 o'clock hour over there on, uh, on unfil- un- unfiltered land. He, he really is hilarious sometimes. <laughs> Oh, happy Friday! I got to be happy, positive for Megan. Happy Friday, Friday. Happy and thank Friday, you, Megan. thank you for uh, thank I you for calling. What did you call me, John? Do- what did you call me, Dollar Store uh, Eminem? What did you call me earlier? Oh yeah, but budget Eminem. You uh, yeah, you with the Zeke. You know what, Zeke and Ryan, Zeke and Ryan really do a fantastic job. They are the MVPs of WBI because that picture with uh, the black hat and the beard was spot on. You like, no, that's, so I, I mean, that, that, ha- that's budget. That happened in a commercial break. I have to give Eminem. I said I'll take credit over the gaunt looking Eminem. I Edge oh. Jones, but the one with the beard Eminem surges back in front I agree yeah, yeah. O- o- Obi Toppin on Twitch does a great job but listen um I I really think in terms of like the the, the Brady the Brady Mahomes stuff like all the Brady fluffers a couple of years ago were telling me well you just got to root for greatness that for him to get seven like he's going to Tampa to get it you got to root for greatness well, like well I'm rooting for greatness you guys are all pissed off the the Pat Patrick McCombs or whatever his name is might potentially win again, and we got a, a, a little uh, little dynasty going on. Like it's okay to root for greatness, like you said. Things happen. You got LeBron, you got Wilt, you got all sorts of great people. Like me as a gambler, when somebody tells me something's not going to happen, I bet right against it. I, I like absolutism drives me absolutely crazy. Yeah, so, I'm not mad dog, but but I'm right with you. Like, so I, I agree. I agree with that. It's we're never going to see this again. Oh, we're never going to see it again. With Patrick Holmes, we're already seeing it. Yeah, that was a bit of a Gronk moment there from John in the car. So no, he was quoting Gronk. Oh, a is couple that weeks he, ago when he called him Mick, Mick Holmes. Holmes. Oh, okay, I forgot about that one. I do know. I do know. Uh, Just Patrick wanted to. Holmes. I also called him Patrick Holmes <laughs> and Rabble Me Holmes. Rabble Me Holmes. <laughs> called him a lot of things. It's the best. Travis Kels. It's the best player. Uh, uh, maybe eventually in the history of the sport, he can't say the man's name. He can't just wait until Rob Gronkowski versus the pronunciation of Mahomes. Is that your name? Babcock? (laughs) Caleb Williams. And it's not. 
Cal it, Williams. And it's not like Arkan the other day doing like trade deadline names. Like Ryan Archidiacono, not not an easy name. Oh, look at you flexing. Yeah, that's uh, you know, I, I at one point in my life I enjoyed college basketball. So, but it's not like it's a challenge. Mahomes is not even close to a hard name, and the man can't <laughs> Me get it right. Holmes. So it, Caleb Williams. <laughs> Caleb. Caleb. Caleb Williams. <laughs> I think Gronk's going to be on TV a long time I, on I Sunday. I love this bit because it's the only person who gets made fun of for how they talk on the show more than me. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, we would never with anyone else. But so, were Brady fans? I don't remember that. Was that what Brady fans were doing? Like, I remember plenty of people rooting for Brady, but my recollection was it was to stick it to Bill and Kraft. People right, were, it was people, people love saying, Brady. People were saying, I want greatness. People I, were pissed that he wasn't here. Yeah. So they wanted him to win. I'm not saying they didn't. I just, that's not my recollection. Um, I, I don't remember that if that's what happened. It wasn't about greatness. It was about you loving Brady. Yeah, and it was about a middle finger spite. to Belichick and Spite. Spite, spite it was a, is so powerful. It was a Spite store that he popped up down there in Tampa Bay. <laughs> 617-779-7937. Uh, I do want to play some audio from Andy Reid about his future because there is a tie-in with Bill Belichick. Plus, we have Meg's planning coming up. What's coming up there, Mega? Okay, what's coming up is something that I think we need to investigate with Christian Arcan, which <laughs> is... Oh, no. Well, I hope he can filter himself here. <laughs> What has happened with Faneuil Hall? Oh. Oh. I thought you were investigating something about me. Yeah, me worried. too. No, I, no, no. I thought it was more, a more personal investigation. I went through your phone, Arkans, and I yeah. an investigation. I went full K Adams with Shams's phone on I your phone. I want to know, are these booties natural or enhanced? Okay. Well, let's uh, let's get to the bottom of this. Okay. Booty. <laughs> no pun intended. With Arkan right after trending. You can listen to WEEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEEI. Now, more of Jones and Mego on WEEI. You've done this for a long time. Uh, you've been to many of these Super Bowls. If you win this Sunday, what are the likelihood that you might consider hanging up and, and kind of going out on top? Or are you set already that you will be back next year? Yeah, I'm, I haven't gone there. I don't think about that. Um... I'm, I'm tied up in the game and trying to take care of that. I'm sure somewhere I'll know when that time is. It's not today or uh, won't be Sunday. So, yeah. Andy Reid on his future. Could be coaching his last game. We'll see. I don't think Bill will be replacing him. That I don't think. And I think Bill told you as much by taking out A3 of the Globe last weekend and thanking fans. So I don't think Bill believes he's in the mix for any coaching jobs. And if Reed is out, maybe it's Spagnolo, maybe it's somebody else. I have no idea. You think it's the last time we see him on Sunday? No. You think he'll be back? I think he'll be back. It's just too good a thing to give up right now. Okay, well, this is what I was just going to ask. If they win, I agree with you. If they lose, I could I could see him walking away if they he's lose. He's just, like, tired. He's like, you know what? We yeah, got all the like, way here. It's too tough. Right. We got here. We kind of felt like we got over a hump. We had this late push. Things were bad in season with them. It didn't look right on offense. Kelsey was breaking down. Then they got it back on the rails. They get all the way to the Super Bowl. and they If they lose, I think it's more likely Reed walks away than if they win. Well, first of all, I don't think they're going to lose. I don't either. But if they did, couldn't... Reed also look at the situation and go, well, we need uh, we need go more weapons around right. here. This was this was like the worst it'll be, and we lost the Super yes. Bowl, so I'll come back fully loaded next year. He could. All I'm telling you is I think it's more likely he walks away if they lose than if they win. Because if they win, he can do exactly what Brewski was talking about, which is be the first team to win three in a row. So I don't know how you'd answer that, Arkin, but that, that's my feeling on it. 
I think uh, for him to walk away after a win is unlikely. I think it's unlikely either way. I don't think he's going to walk away if they lose either, but I do think it's probably more likely there just in the sense of what you were talking about. It's a long, difficult season. You know, he's uh, getting up there in age, and, you know, you may just sort of look at it and be like, am I going to catch any of these records? Is it worth going on? Do I have anything left to prove? And he doesn't strike me as someone that's, you know, really worked up about that type of thing, and that may just be his sort of outward-facing persona, but he doesn't seem like someone who's, you know, I'm going to coach until my last breath. Like, you know, he doesn't seem like one of those guys. So, no. I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe by accident. But well, when yeah. it when <laughs> that's, it That's not nice. When it comes to uh, Brady and Mahomes and the pace, I'm just looking at the text line here, and it factors in with Reed and his future. At 37937, Jones can't count. Mahomes is behind Brady, not on pace to beat him. How many rings did Brady have after four years as a starter? No, I, I get that, but now we're six years in, and you know Brady's already had his three, and now he doesn't win again for another decade. So Mahomes would be, I think, ahead of his pace. He's been to an additional Super Bowl as a tiebreaker. He's won MVPs, and he's got a decade to surge in front, and he might be on pace for winning three in a row, but Meg right. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Brady was ahead after four years. Mahomes, if he wins on Sunday, will be ahead after six years. That's all. It's as simple as that. What? There's a TV behind you. Someone's literally doing the Nordic plunge. I'm telling you, this is everywhere. Meg Splaney is ahead everywhere. of everything. You can't, you can't go anywhere without Nordic talking about a Nordic cycle, plunge. Whether it's the bucket in the shed. Sky tunnels. It's everywhere. Sky tunnels has picked up so much steam. I pooped really in a shed does. just Flo- yesterday. Floss <laughs> picks. People, uh, no, one, no one stops talking about floss picks. Although, I will, if I'm being honest, every time I see a floss pick, you think of me? I think of you. Oh, and that's I see so him. nice. I do see him. Every time you see Whenever I see disgusting garbage litter. on the ground, I think of Mega. <laughs> whenever, whenever I see something that, uh, you know, was picked out of a human's mouth and discarded onto the ground, I think of you. Uh, let's oh, go. Mega, gross. Let's go to some phone calls here before we get to Meg's planning. Coming up in a minute. Uh, David in the car is waiting patiently. Go ahead, David. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Thank you. So who's to blame Mr. Crap all the way? Anybody who says otherwise, he's the owner of the company, right? When you're a owner, I, I own a business. You do? And I have people that make decisions. I give them authority hmm. to, to do so. But at the end of the day, it's me. I make the decision how much money to spend and when to do and when not to do. So for, for anybody to say that it's Belichick's to blame, no, you're totally wrong. And I believe, Jones, you were uh, – with uh, blaming um, Kraft. Mr. Kraft yes, as well. Yes, I, I am. I'm. I'm with. I'm. I've downgraded him back to Bob. He is. He's no longer. He's not Robert. He was never Mr. Kraft to me. But to some of you, he. I've downgraded him back to Bob. You're Bob again, and earn it back, and then you won't be Bob anymore. You can go back to being Robert or Mr. Kraft in the case of some he, of these. He callers. earns back Robert. Yes. Okay. You're, you're Bob. This you're is ba- weird. You're back where you were before Brady and Belichick. You're Bob Kraft again. So. No, I, look, I, I think it's on Robert, but Robert has a really easy way. Excuse me, <clears throat> Bob has a really easy way of doing this. Go out and spend like crazy in free agency, and you can make it look like it was all Bill for all. I mean, he has a really, really, really easy way to do it, and I'll still be screaming from the clouds. He sets the budget, and it was up to him, but he has a really way to a really easy way to pin this on Bill. Just okay, but spend like crazy. He's done that before, and then the years after that, he went back to not spend it. So well, no. I feel like I need to see him do it more than one year. No, no I agree. I'm just saying yeah. in, re- in real time, while we're while we're going along, next year it'll be like, oh, it was Bill that was cheap. Look at how Robert's spending. Now, we'll have to see over years and a chunk of time, I agree, but the narrative will... Robert can shift this narrative really, really easily. Really easily. And you don't need to have all these off-the-record chats with media to win people over. Just spend money, Robert. Don't yeah. Don't waste your time sitting down treating, you know, Curran and Perry and everybody else to lunch. 
spend some actual money on the team. I agree with that, and I do think that that will help, and that'll help sort of do two things, make Robert look better and you know continue to crap on Bill now that he's out the door. But they did spend that one year while Bill was here. I mean, he made those decisions. He wanted Aguilar. He didn't like all of them, but he wanted John U. Smith. He wanted all these people, and he went out and signed them. And Kraft was willing to fork over the money, and that was the plan that year, and that's what they did. So if they do it again, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, they never did this with Bill. Bill never wanted to spend money like he did. He did just a few years ago. It wasn't that long ago. Dave's and Natick. It's a good point. Like it, we, we're like, oh, Robert spent in 2021. Well, if we're being consistent, that was Bill. Right. Dave's and Natick. Go ahead. Hey, great show today, guys. It is. Thank Dave. you. Hi. Right, right off the bat, obviously Brady's the greatest quarterback at all of all time right now. But I think from uh, the standpoint of this Mahomes with where he's at, with where he's going to go versus Brady's standpoint, is I think if you look at the performance of Patrick Mahomes over the first six years of his career, I. I'm not sure you could take another quarterback in the league, switch teams, put them on the Chiefs, and they don't win at least two Super Bowls. I'm not talking about some scrub. I'm saying taking the second or third best player. If you put... Okay, no, let's let's play they, this game. This is a good game, Dave. Josh Allen is on the Chiefs the last six years. Mm-hmm. How many Super Bowls do they have? One. I think I would say one as well. I don't know that they have three. Mahomes might get them three. Mahomes is on the Bills. How many Super Bowls do they have? I think Mahomes' Bills beat Allen's Chiefs. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Like two? Maybe he wouldn't get three in Buffalo? Maybe he would. I mean, the the Bills are really talented. This this is the thing. Are the Chiefs that talented now? The they year, have a good defense right now. When they now. had Kelsey and and Tyreek Hill, that, that's a very, very talented core. Now it's like it's a breaking down Kelsey who's been really good in the postseason. Right. I like Rashi Rice, but I'm not gonna I don't think the Chiefs are overly stacked. I think Mahomes don't is, l- overlook Pacheco there. I just think but I think Mahomes is elevating a lot of these the guys. King of Rutgers. If you wanted to say earlier in Mahomes' career that they were more stacked, I'd agree with that. But no, I'm with Arkin. If if Mahomes were on the Bills, you traded Josh Allen and Mahomes. Maybe Allen wins one. Maybe he wins with Tyreek and Kelsey, the first one. But is he winning with that team last year with Juju as his number one? I, I don't know. And I bet Mahomes is winning with Steph Diggs. Yeah. I mean, listen, he's winning. He might win with Kadarius Tony this year. <laughs> like, how many <laughs> how many does Lamar have if he's in Kansas City? If Lamar is in Kansas City, I think he still has zero. Yeah, I kind of think that too. Unfortunately. He just hasn't won. And I, mean, I love Lamar. He hasn't won enough playoff games. To be like, oh, single-handedly, he's going to elevate all those teams. Yeah, I think they run into whatever Mahomes' team is in this hypothetical, and they lose to that team. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> like right, he yeah. lose if Mahomes is on Baltimore, Mahomes is still beating Lamar in Kansas City. I think so. Yeah, I'd agree with that. What if Mahomes was on the Lions? Uh, what if Mahomes many, was on the Celtics? Yeah. <laughs> Could they beat the Lakers? Yeah. What if Mahomes is on the Red if Sox? Mahomes, how many World Series do they have? Oh, five or six. And if, if if Mahomes are on the Celtics, they definitely don't joke against the Warriors. I Dale Jr. in a car versus a bus driven by Mahomes. <laughs> Who wins? And the bus has to go off, go off a <laughs> ramp and jump another bus. Mahomes bus. Honest, <laughs> honestly, I like and this the debate. bus is shaped like Mahomes. I like this debate. This that's, a, a, that's a Ditka. This is a Ditka, yeah. Brady, Mahomes <laughs> level thing. I like this. Uh, 617-779. Ditka bus. 7937. <laughs> Let's uh, continue with your feedback coming up. You can jump in line for Rich Keefe. Uh, very big guest uh, here on the final day of Super Bowl week, I've been told. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Meantime, we have Meg explaining with Megan Donnellini. Why don't you explain this to me like I am an eight-year-old? Do you need it broken down? It's so dumb. Why don't you explain this to me like I'm five? Well, lucky for you. I don't know how else to talk about it. Shut up, Meg. It's time for... Now I let you know! Meg's explaining. Meg's explaining. 
I'm laughing because I'm thinking about the bus shape like Mahomes. And when you hit the horn, it just makes like a horn, but it's in like a Mah- frog noise. Mahomes yeah. Kermit voice. <laughs> 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 just a subdued froggy horn. It's the Muppet Show with our special guest star, Miss Candace Bergen. <laughs> so stupid. Okay, uh, so it's not, it's not not stupid. I was I was talking to Mr. Who about this the other day because the Globe wrote this story about why do locals hate Faneuil Hall, and I was like, oh, I'm thinking about doing this for Meg explaining at some point this week. Like, why don't locals like Faneuil Hall? And Mr. Who's like, because it sucks, and that seems to be the substance of this entire story from the Globe. Interesting. And they wrote it, I'm guessing, because there's a new landlord that was announced. So it was previously owned for. Many years by Ashkenazi Acquisition Corporation, and it's now being the landlord is Jay Safra Real Estate. So, in addition to being easier to pronounce, they have this goal of oh, it's supposed to be also a local hangout spot, especially if you work in the financial district. You'll go over there and hang out, and it's not just a tourist trap and also where very, very drunk 21-year-olds hang out, which is what I always think of it as. I went there quite a bit when I first turned 21, yes. is what I think of it as. Mm -hmm, Sure. But Arkan, like, you have a, I would guess, a different relationship with Faneuil Hall than we do. Yes. So what's your take on this, and what do you think has happened to Fan Hall? We do go to to Arkan for, well, I don't know how old-timey it is, but old-timey Boston stuff is Arkan. Oh, definitely. That's That's not old-timey at all. Go ahead. Faneuil Hall is there. There's a, a connection because my family had a business there, but right. in the 70s, That's why I'm asking so in that. the 70s, Faneuil Hall was all boarded up. There was nothing there. And then the yeah. mayor at the time was this guy, Kevin White, and he did this big project to sort of open it up. And oh. all these you know businesses went in and it was really popular for a long time. It was like the first food court ever. Cool. Uh, you know, now there's food courts all over the place. Faneuil Hall was one of the first food courts. What a time to be alive. They ever had. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was 1979. Uh, or 76, I think it was. But either way, uh, what happened was the seaport happened. I think the seaport kind of became the new hot spot. Locals stopped going uh, see, to Faneuil Hall as Mego's much. Fa- Mego hates the seaport. And, uh, you no, know, that's not what I'm going to say. For the last, I don't know, for the last 10, 15 years, it's mostly just tourists in Faneuil Hall. And so, and it's only really seasonal in the summer, the spring and summer months uh, that people want to be outside like that and eat outside and sort of walk around. So I think that's mainly what happened to it. But the seaport just became such a big hot spot when they started developing it that I think it took the Faneuil Hall crowd down the road a little bit. So I don't love the seaport. Like, I, I, I've been on you record hate, for that. You hate the seaport. It's just annoying to me. Like, it's an annoying crowd. It's annoying establishments. It's really hard You're to get You're talking about the entire morning show right now. I just <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, they live in Southie. <laughs> they do? Well, I thought they all lived in the seaport. Some of them seaport. do. No, like, two-fourths, two one-half live in Southie. I thought, like, Chris and Courtney. Yeah, yeah Greg lives Greg, in the seaport. Greg's in the seaport. I thought yeah. Courtney was in the seaport, too. I'm talking about when you go out to a restaurant or something. Anyway, okay. And Southie has a right totally... Right now, it's raining nugs. Southie has a totally annoying crowd, too. I live in Southie. Like, I can say that. But either way, this is an argument that Newberry Street makes, too. Like, why does Newberry Street kind of suck now? And Newberry Street's like, well, all the people who used to come here go to the seaport now. The seaport drove them all away. Is that what Newberry Street no, says? No, what happened is you guys have crappy businesses in the area. Like, you close Poorhouse and Lear and these fun bars that local people actually went to. Those weren't on Newbury Street. Not on Newbury Street. Okay, Back Bay is what I'm saying. Newbury and Boylston. 
uh, whiskeys, like all these fun places, all closed. And instead, it's like, I don't know, you have some just big, boring national brand. Who's well, that's there. what they're hoping is going to change. And that's with what these. that's what happened with Faneuil Hall too. It's just like a bunch of boring chains. It's like being at an outdoor mall. That's what they're hoping happens with the new landlords, is because that's true. A lot of, of the original merchants like got places, priced out. Places like your parents' got, business are right. gone, and instead, it's just some dumb thing your, that is everywhere. I blame else your parents for selling. My parents. I blame fault. your parents for selling out. Yeah, uh, I agree. But I mean, we were renting, so it's like, you know we all were. But it was a lot of restaurant groups, like restaurant groups bought up places there and that's still kind of the case but you know dick's last resort was a chain that was there they, they went out of business like that that's happened with uh with a lot of different places but there just isn't the same kind of foot I mean, traffic there there was in the i'm gonna tell you 70s 80s and 90s i don't go to faneuil hall a ton but we were there speaking of the morning show we were there for for greg's thing there uh, one of the stops was in faneuil hall at the sam adams brew pub down there yeah see that's a good idea i don't, I don't you mind open something like that that's fun i don't mind faneuil hall I, I wouldn't say i go there a lot and i seek it out i also i'm i am probably i mean i've lived in boston 20 years but I, i'm from vermont so like i don't know maybe maybe that's my uh my inner vermonter is like i'm in the big city in faneuil hall maybe Wait, that's what, what i like because I, you're from Vermont, you like Faneuil Hall? No, I'm just saying, I, I wonder, I don't mind it, but I wonder if when, when you're talking about locals despise it, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself a local, is what I'm trying to d- draw a line there. When locals despise, Arcan local, uh, when locals despise Faneuil Hall, I would just draw a line between myself and a local, despite living here for a while. I wouldn't say they despise it, but well, I just don't think it's the was same kind of... What was the word you used? Maybe I'm misrepresenting the word you used in the Globe. Um, but I, thought, I guess it's just mostly like they think it's Unpopular. It sucks. Yeah it's, yeah. not. it's not like it used to be. That's for sure. Like you don't go there. Yeah. You don't go there as much. I don't know. It's like, oh, we got to stay away from there. But, but there's... there's a lot of places that are like this in Boston right now. Like, I think a lot of Back Bay is like this. Like, Back Bay, it's just kind of been weird since the pandemic. Is and it though? Or downtown do we just... Crossing are we just has all older? sucked for years. Are we just all older so we don't go anywhere? No, I went to Back Bay last week. Okay, so you do go there. Yeah, and I was like, it was the first time that I'd gone there in a while, and I was I like, don't, man, it's kind of crummy over here I don't right now. really go anywhere, so I'll, I'll, I'll lump myself over. I don't know what's what's cool in the city anymore. Downtown Crossing's lame since they got rid of the combat zone, man. <laughs> no, now, downtown was Crossing Boston. is just weird. You know, downtown Crossing is like a weird, weird vibe. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's my... My Your de- favorite part my of the de- city? My dentist is in that general area, and yeah, it's not the greatest. So There's some bars I like down there. This is what the Crossing. Globe says the reasons are. Okay. Um, competition from the seaport, and they throw in Assembly Row, mm. which is like, I guess, I don't really go to Assembly Row very Assembly, much. I mean, I, could, I live close to there. Assembly Row is very much big national but chain, so if that's your gripe with yeah, Daniel Hall, I think I don't, just that it's newer. Yeah, there's parking there. Yeah, that's another thing. So parking. I mean, you, can, you can park um, in Assembly Row. Competition from all the new food halls is what they're called now. Like there's the one over like the, by the garden, out, the, like the that. garden, and the I think there's one. yeah, oh, yeah there's one out. yeah there's one in the financial district as well, okay. like right in the financial district. So that's competition. Um, the amount of national chains that Cheers and how do you pronounce this? Is it Durgan Park or Durgan Dur- Park? Yeah. Durgan mm-hmm. Park both closed. Yeah, how long has that been closed? Durgan Park, few years. Yeah, yeah, and that there's not enough um, experiences there. So this is where I think something like the Samuel Adams Tap Room is a good idea. Because you go there and it's Experience. like kind of a, yeah, like, do you, okay, do you remember they had that dinosaur adventure? Yes. And that was, a, that's like an experience. It's, yeah. a, it's an event. It's like a pop-up event that lasts for, I don't know, a month. And it's a reason that you, your family goes there or some reason that you'd go over there that you usually wouldn't go over there. And instead of looking at it and going, well, are we going to have dinner in the South End or are we going to have dinner at Faneuil Hall? 
Like, it's like, oh, there's this thing for a month at Faneuil Hall. Let's go check it out. Let's go bring Lucas to the dinosaurs. Right. Okay, fine. So there's not enough of that in Faneuil Hall? I guess. That was pretty recent. When was that, last year or two? Yeah, so they need to do more of that is what people are supposing. That's a big complaint. Okay, But Arcan is the one with, like, the the real insight here, so I'm curious what you think that they need to do. What they need to do to get people back? Yeah. That's tough. I mean... Bring back the plow. Yeah, well, that would help. (laughs) Bring back Ames Plow. Uh, No, um, you know, Ned's is still doing okay. Uh, Do you consider, like, um, uh, around the corner there, like the Hong Kong and and those places? Do you consider those being all? I consider all that. So, okay, Okay, I know. And there's people texting about, like, oh, there's Quincy Market versus Faneuil Hall. And I'm just... Basically, oh, say I know there's yeah, different Fanyol landlords. Yeah, Hall is just the one building in the yeah, front. Yeah, there's call different the landlords, but I'm talking about like the overall area. Hong Kong, though, I haven't been there in a while. Are they still Ooh, chicken on a stick. I was just gonna say they still have that at like 2 a.m. Oh yeah, that's still the got best. the karaoke. Yeah. I went to a 30th bowls, birthday think, there yeah. not too long ago. It's been a while since I've been in there. It was a 30th like, birthday. Yeah, not too long ago. Yeah, I'm telling you. What do you want me to say? I run with a, a young crowd. <laughs> I run with a young crowd. Yeah, my cool young crowd. I didn't realize they were still doing street meet out front of there. I like that. Okay, but yeah, I would consider Hong Kong part of it, sure. Whenever we, if we were like, we're going out in Faneuil, that would be a bar we would go to back in the day. Yeah. You know, they closed um, the upper floor of the Black Rose, which is sad. I didn't know that. Yeah, that yeah is in too the bad. pandemic. Well, oh. if you, what would bring it back, I mean, in its heyday, the bars down there were really like the the thing, you know, like Ned's was cranking like every night. You had McFadden's and the place and like all these sort of spots down there, which wasn't technically Fanny Hall, but like in that area. And that brought Let's a lot of talk foot about traffic McFadden's. in. Yeah, this is our, this is our, can. This is our campaign. Glory days. These, these were my glory Dollar days. Dollar drafts at Sissy K's. Oh, baby. Oh, my God. Sissy K's, I slapped someone there once. <laughs> Might have been a, me. A man. <laughs> I gotta be honest. No, that, it was that, my that, friend's guy friend. Uh, and I, I don't remember doing it. It was one of the drunkest n- nights of my entire life. Yeah, I feel life. like I've I've seen things like that in Sissy K's fairly consistently. Uh, so there you go. That's uh, what's going on in Faneuil Hall here I next week. Make Faneuil Hall great again. <laughs> make. Sorry. I'm on cough medicine. Arkan. Arkan is in charge of the Make Faneuil Hall Great Again Committee. Uh, 617-779-7937. Stay tuned for Rich Keefe. He comes your way at 6 o'clock. We have Bet Roulette. I'm going to try to shoot the moon this week and go 0 for 5 <laughs> in Bet Roulette. Picks for the Super Bowl next. From the Rubenstein Law Studios, 1-800-BOS-LEGAL. This is WEEI. We're right back to it. Jones and Mego on WEEI. WEEI. I would trade down and get more picks. You need more lottery tickets. More lottery tickets increases the possibility of getting more winners. You get more winners, you get better players, you get a better team. That's what I think the Bears should do with one, and that's what I think the Patriots should do with three. Unless you are convinced that that guy you're getting is pro bowler, hall of famer, can't miss, and how can you be convinced of that? The Panthers were convinced of it last year when they gave up all that stuff to get Bryce Young, and what do they have so far? So I think that I think that they should trade down if they can. If they can, get more players, scratch more lottery tickets, and develop more talent. Mike Florio on the Patriots Talk podcast with Tommy Curran. He co-signs on trading back, which I hate. Get some more lottery tickets, a few more scratchies. Mega, what was your analogy before on trading back? If you got a 33% chance of hitting a million-dollar scratch ticket, do you take that one? Or do you take two scratch tickets that are worth $100,000 each? Maybe you have a slightly higher chance on them. Yeah, they're 50-50 instead or something like that. I'd, I'd rather take the swing at a million. I don't need 100 k I want a million dollars. Okay, I need both. But. I know, but, but you understand what I'm saying. It's <laughs> like, And it, to be fair, the Patriots need both. Yeah, 
but they should be swinging for a million bucks is what they should be doing. This is called Scratchy's Math. <laughs> Meanwhile. Yeah, I got your scratch ticket math. Twitch chat is just really going all in on Sissy Case, reminiscing Sissy Case. I wish it was. It's still there. Yeah, it's still there. It's still there, right? So they're just yeah. reminiscing times at Sissy Case, I should say. Uh, what were you going to say? Um, the point greater than Sissy Case. I don't know how many times. I like I, the point. I don't know how many times I've the been to the point. point. Used I've been to there. Be the spot. Good spot. Narrow, um, narrow. I, w- uh, I wouldn't say that was. I, I, I would frequent there as much, but uh, but but that's probably a good. That's probably good for their business, to be honest. That's probably a good sign for them. <laughs> uh, secondarily, uh, when I brought up the street meet at Hong Kong, that was uh, suggested as my rapper name, Street Meat. Okay. Which I feel like is that not taken? That must be taken. It has to be taken. There's got to. There must. Got to throw a little in front of it. <laughs> little, little street, street meat. meat. <laughs> or just take micro. out street, just be little meat, wispy street meat, <laughs> micro street meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah sausages exactly. out there look delicious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, deliverous meat. Deliver. No, no, no. That's a, that's the rap name, deliverous meat. Uh, all right, we got some extra uh, picks here today in bet roulette. I'm trying to shoot the moon for the week. Let's make some picks for the super. All right, I'm going to give you a choice. You can either have the money and the hammer, or you can walk out of here. You can't have both. We don't f- around in this place. You got it? Boom, boom. That's it. Gambling. Bet Roulette, brought to you by the good people at Cars for Kids. Easy way to donate your car. You can donate today. Your car will be picked up tomorrow. Go to carsforkids.com. It's cars with the number four and cars with a K. You can also call one eight seven seven cars for kids We're double rolling here today, Mego. We got a number between 2 and 12 is what we're rolling oh for. So lots of bets in here. Get, uh, get rolling over there. Don't knock right. over your Diet Cola. <laughs> Mego with a uh, little backspin. A three. A three. All right. Got to be a two and a one then, I'd imagine. That is 49ers and the Chiefs. The over-under of the game is 47 and one-half points, Mego. Will it go over or under 47 and a half? That's a little high Very common me. bet. A little high yeah, for Mego. a little high for me. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under. Under this 47 is, and a half. This Mego's is a good This is The a Chiefs good often Chiefs go under defense. and the Niners often go over, so that's usually how it is. All right, let's see here. That looks like a four, and what's the other one? A four and a one, that's a five. For you math majors out there. Sure is, I can. And that is wow, the net cool. yards for the San Francisco 49ers. Will the Niners as a team net he over? college students listen to us. Or <laughs> under, <laughs> or anyone that has any sort of education, 358 and a half yards for the Niners, Jones. Total yards Over, under, Niners. total net yards, 358 and a half on offense. Over, here's why. They're going to be behind. They're going to be trailing. They're going to need to pile up passing yards. And, by the way, I think McCaffrey's going to run all over them. Like, my guess is McCaffrey's going to run all over them. If they're smart. The Ravens weren't smart. The Bills ran all over them the week prior, uh, going back uh, to the divisional round. So I think McCaffrey's going to pile up yards early, but I think they're going to have to throw late, and I think they'll go over 358.5, you said? Uh, 358.5, yes. Okay. They'll go over that number. Arkham, Very good. Are, you, uh, are you double shooting? Here's what my roll. There we go. I'm not going to bother trying to shoot those. Okay. And that is a seven. That's craps. <laughs> All right. Uh, for seven, that's Mahomes. Okay. Passing yards over under 262 and a half passing yards. That is uh, right around his average for the year. I don't think he's going to go crazy uh, with the with the passing. I think they're probably going to win the game. I think it'll probably be a low-scoring game. I like Mego's pick. So I'm going to go Thank under you. 262 oh, and a half passing no. yards. For Mahomes, I don't think it's going to be a way under, maybe like 250, but that's sort of where I see him going, or in the 250 range passing uh, for Mahomes. All right, we're going to do a roll for Ryan now. Okay. Yes, let's so, get it so going. So far, we have two you unders. Better, better roll good here. To go with my over. I'm the outlier here, which is never a good sign for the way my Arcan picks are going. Right, here is the Ryan roll, and that is yeah. a... 
Nine. 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 Here we go. It's a yes-no question, Ryan. Will any player rush for 100-plus yards? The odds are yes, minus 106, no, minus 114. So slightly better odds on no. Will anyone rush for 100-plus yards, Ryan? Yes! <laughs> All right. Very good. Who? So there you go. I think, nice prediction. Who? I think Christian McCaffrey's McCaffrey. going to run for 100 yards. McCaffrey yeah, should. The only reason, I think Brock Purdy's going to run for 100 yards. The only reason McCaffrey wouldn't is, again, if they're too far behind. Uh, and they have to start throwing, in which case he'll just pile up a bunch of receivers. Or he has some stupid 60-yard, you know, rip-it-open run in the first half, too, which he's also capable of doing. Yeah, he could pull off a couple chunk runs. Yeah, but then that would put him over. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said he's going to rush for over 100 yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying the only way he wouldn't rush for over 100 yards if they're too far behind is what I'm saying. So we have under on 47 points. Over on 358.5 total yards for the 49ers, very specific. Uh, we say, yes, Christian McCaffrey will run for 100 yards, specifically, but or any, any, any rusher will. works. Yep, that's the bet. And uh, under 260, uh, 262.5 passing yards for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so we can par- can we par- Are you allowed to parlay all four of those That's together? Four leg parlay sure right there. Back here. Uh, Ryan, Ryan's trying to plug that in. We can get you the odds uh, if possible. But there Where you go. are our math majors? How about that for some <laughs> Super Bowl props? I uh, I haven't seen the Reba one. How how much time does Reba have? Do we know? It's a good question. She's going to be um, under whatever that number is. She's going to be under. She's going to be very. She's going to be ready to go. She's going to be very professional. She's not going to drag this out. Reba's not. She knows it's not about her. Yeah, exactly. Reba's not. She's not putting the spotlight on herself. See, the problem with trying to put all this together is now because it's the Super Bowl. They're trying to get you to bet on literally everything. Yeah. Screw, there's like eighty thousand props I'm I, trying to go through. I, right uh, Ninety point five seconds from Reba's performance. Under. Under. That's a bonus one for you right there. I'll. I'll just tell you this. When it comes to uh, the Super Bowl, all I've been doing, and it tells you how much I lose on, on bets, but I just every time I lose and I get a bonus bet, I'm plugging it in on this. I have like nine bets going right now on the Super Bowl, and I haven't even dabbled. I haven't even dabbled in Reba, Some dumb ones. the Gatorade, the coins. I haven't even gotten to those the yet. jersey number yeah, yeah, of who like, scores a touchdown, Otter, but even. Like, you better believe when I'm itching on Sunday. I will be itching on Sunday. Gross. <laughs> Scratching. More, more so than normal. <laughs> And I, that, that's when I'm going to get to all those Scratching. bets. Can I, should I be parlaying all those together? That's the question. Uh, anyway, that'll do it for us. Everybody have a great weekend. Arkan, you're on on Sunday, correct? I am not. It's a special uh, Super Bowl Sunday pregame show with Keith that he's going to be doing. I'll be back next Sunday. Okay, so no Arkan, but you can tune in for Keith on Sunday. He comes your way at 6 o'clock. Dial him up, 617-779-7937. Uh, everybody have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday at 2 o'clock here on WEI. That's you the pumpkin market. The greatest gift one I don't know me. this song. And the card inside would say thank you for We're being a friend. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.